0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hime, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brawner. The opening kickoff. kickoff,
1: kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael all right 605 welcome in a dr christopher monix high school game day mark i'm lee shravani we're at air sports one guys and girls we're out here at viger man this place is amazing this stadium i'm so pumped to be here we're here for the next three hours right here on the sports station we encourage you guys to honk as you uh as you drive by we got a lot to get to of course you can get us right here on the sports station at wnsp.com that's our app. You'll have a chance to get in at 694-1055. We got a lot to get to today, sir.
2: Mark, this is our first trip for a game day, the Christopher Mullenix game day out at Viger High School. We're right located right near the brand new stadium. They had their first game last week. They won that game. They'll be hosting Citra Citronel tonight. And during the course of the next three hours, we'll not only be talked to, as we usually do, some assistant coaches, some players, but we'll delve into the the great history of Viger football. Because when you look around the state, Viger certainly ranks right up there with the championships, with year-to-year, going back to the 80s when they were number one in the nation, in addition to uh, the guests that we'll be having, including uh, you know Marcus Cook, the head coach who's in his second year, there's such a viger flavor out here. and then in the eight o'clock hour, Robert Brazil, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, will join us by phone and of course you, you go back and he's probably the most famous athlete to come out of viger. anybody who makes the pro Football Hall of Fame, you certainly have to give him his due there, although a number of players have come out of Viger and done pretty well. so, it was really kind of neat coming out here yesterday and and experiencing the Viger wolf the the green and silver uh, experience and getting to meet some of the people out here and you'll hear from some of them this morning
1: uh if you uh if you watched the NFL last night it was a rough sled in there for some Kansas City receivers uh what a bizarre game I was highly entertained by the way uh, it did not go as I thought it would but Um, I thought it was a a highly entertaining game, but Detroit, man, we talked about with Jim Nagy uh, yesterday, Detroit came to play. I thought they were dominant on both sides of the ball, offensive, offensive and defensive line. And uh, Kansas City receivers could not catch a cold last
2: night well it just goes to show you how important Travis Kelsey is to that offense because when you have Kelsey in there he's your number one receiver and he's usually catching the football and it makes the other receivers much better because Kelsey draws such coverage so they not only didn't have and I'm not saying that would have changed the outcome some are saying that today I, I don't want to take anything away from the Lions win it was the first time Kansas City had lost an opener in something like seven straight years it was the first time with brian branch the alabama alum with the 50-yard interception first time he'd been intercepted in his career in an opening game but losing chris jones who's in a holdout and was at the game their number one pass rusher and kelsey watching on the sidelines and guys that you never heard of catching passes and guys that you never heard of dropping passes although you've heard of kadarius tony rough night he did and and you know tip he was coming back from an injury. He hadn't played hardly at all. I'm not making excuses for him because, it, indeed, it was. And he's getting blasted by media members today for the awful game he had. But, uh, I, you know, whether he should have played or not, that's open for debate. Obviously, with what happened, he probably shouldn't have. But then you go to Dan Campbell. Boy, what a neat guy he is, the former Saints uh, coach. Going for it on a fourth and three, a fake punt. Early in the game from your own 17-yard line, are you kidding me? That has drawn the gasp and the, the, like, wow, who does that? Because if it doesn't work, you're probably going to lose the game with a short field for Kansas City, but it worked, and it led to their first touchdown.
1: Well, you know, as huge as that play was, and it was absolutely. If Kansas City wins this game, I don't think we're talking about that or the fact that Kansas City won. I think we're talking about the fact that Detroit goes for it on fourth and two. They don't call timeout. They don't let it get down to the two-minute warning. Uh, at that point, they're winning. Um, they have all their timeouts, right? And so they're not rushing, but they snap it with about 15 seconds left. They don't get it, by the way. So if they lose, we're talking about the fact that they didn't milk it all the way down to one second and call timeout. Uh, or that they didn't have a better play to call because on that play, Jared Goff could have gone run left. It was wide open. He could have easily run it. Instead, it was an ill-advised pass that uh, got blocked at the, at the line of scrimmage. So they avoid catastrophe there because, again, we talk about their defense and their lines of scrimmage because Kansas City was in a very similar situation. They, how bad was Kansas City? They went for it on fourth and 25, How and they had all their timeouts. How how confident were they that they could stop Detroit? Lee, they went for it on 4th and 25. They had no shot of converting that. None. And and Mahomes put it in the right spot each time. I mean, they would have gotten the first if their receivers would have caught the ball. So both huge gambles. Uh, neither paid off. But Detroit actually uh, very fortunate to, to, to get the
2: win there. Even in the loss, though, and it's just a one-point loss, but it's still a loss. And Mahomes is really exciting to watch. I mean, he really is. And uh, he was... Unfortunately for Kansas City, he's their leading rusher. That should be. <laughs> uh, they got to pick up the ground game, but again, and, and you'll hear a lot of this today. And, and you're probably most of you already know how Travis Kelsey, how important he is to that offense. One does one man make a difference? Perhaps. I do want to say this. Jared Goff, go back a few years. Remember the trade from the Rams to Detroit for Matthew Stafford, and. The, the, the trade was panned uh, by many as being a lopsided deal in favor of the Rams. And, yes, Stafford did produce a Super Bowl. Give him credit for that. Uh, now, since then, his career has been kind of ups and downs because of injuries. But did anybody see this with Jared Goff? He's become a really good quarterback. Yeah,
1: he looked very confident, very poised. And, again, there's a, there's a, there's a different energy, kind of a different feel from that team. Uh, they got after it. They harassed Mahomes most of the night. Mahomes was still Patrick Mahomes now. Uh, I thought he delivered some unbelievable passes. He put it exactly where his receivers needed in most cases, and, and they just did not come through for him.
2: Uh, before we take a break and talk to Tiffany Buchanan, a good friend of ours from Blunt Days, and she's already in Air Sports 1. Hi, Tiffany. So glad to see, uh, because I don't have the show on Saturday. So this will probably be the first time, Mark, that I'll actually get a chance to watch game day. And when I saw that they're having Joe Namath on, that piqued my interest. They're also going to do a salute to Eli Gold. That piqued my interest. But I was thinking about years ago before you were born, and (laughs) Alabama was playing Texas in the Orange Bowl. And I I mean, I, I was back east so I, I didn't really know much about Alabama but I knew a lot about Namath and Namath had an injury but he came in and played in the game and that was his last game for the Crimson Tide it was against Texas I thought it was a great move by game day to bring him in
1: yeah so that was one of the questions I was going to throw out there for you assuming that Namath wasn't available and that's an assumption who from at what what personality with Alabama ties would you have liked to see seen be the celebrity guest picker? I know there's been a lot of, you know, last year uh, it was,
2: you already have somebody? Yeah. Who, who? Leroy Jordan. Leroy Jordan. Because he played in Dallas and he's certainly familiar with Texas. But again, with Namath having played against Texas, he was actually the MVP of the bowl game, but they lost. And again, it came down to a a drive right at the end of the game on the fourth, uh, I think on a fourth down play. But who would you have thrown in?
1: I would have gone a little more pop culture, a little bit, uh, I think you would have, I think you would have appreciated like a a Selma Ward.
2: Oh, you mean I could go outside football? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she, no problem with that. Um, I, see, I would go out. Reese Davis
1: is already there. He's an Alabama alum. He's there. Uh, um. I would go – that would be my first one. But I I think you need to go a little bit more uh, mainstream, for lack of a better term, at that point. I'm going to give it some thought,
2: but I have some ideas. I'm also going to guess that Namath will pick Alabama to be Texas. All right,
1: for for you younger folks but not quite young anymore, how about like a Melissa Joan Hart? She's a huge Alabama fan. Um – I'm trying to think of folks that that sport the. Uh, wasn't Bruce Willis rocking an Alabama hat when he was in? Uh, I, I think know. he was a, a couple of years ago. I mean, um, I just associate
2: him with Roy Rogers. I I don't know about. <laughs> I don't I don't know what school he's affiliated with. Obviously, they don't have an actor along the lines of Matthew McConaughey like Texas does, but. Um, so, uh, some someone award. had
1: said uh uh AJ McCarron's wife um yes that would have been a pop- Marcel Darius is getting a, a vote so yeah you guys are getting it let's uh let's let's continue with that throughout the course of the day I want to hear from you guys is on that.
2: The one that knocked out the uh, Texas quarterback in 09 yes. Uh, yes, McCoy out yes exactly.
1: All right so it's 6:15 let's do this. Let's get you scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, As we mentioned, we'll come back with the athletic director here at Viger, uh, Ms. Buchanan. We're sitting out here in front of a beautiful new stadium. It is absolutely gorgeous out here. The band's going to join us in about eh, 15, 20 minutes or so. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Viger High School. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP.
3: This is Joyce Spada, bench coach of the Houston Astros, and you're listening to WNFT.
1: Welcome back in here on a Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1 on the campus of Viger High School.
2: I do want to thank some of our sponsors that have been with us the entire way, like Kenneth uh, Morgan, the Allstate agent, also the Orthopaedic Group, and how about Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm to go with QB Country, David Morris. Mark, my first trip ever to Viger High School, and I walked into the, the main building, the administration building, and I, I really d- didn't know my way around, but I knew things were going good when Tiffany Buchanan came out and hugged me. I signed, and then I had to put two and two together, and I said, wait a minute, did I, didn't I meet you at Blunt? You did, you I, that's did. That's what I thought, and I didn't come out and say it, because I wasn't sure, so I asked the principal, Miss Jackson, yeah because i'm saying am i at the right high school i thought maybe i was at the wrong high school You were at
4: the right place you were at the right well, place. how'd you wind
2: up at uh, as the athletic director no less here at viger
4: well I, you know um i have a great love for student athletes and um what they bring to the table and i think that was recognized by our interim principal and some of our district officials and they asked me would i you know step up to the plate and take the job and and uh, I was ready and willing, and I'm glad to be a part of the program.
2: You are a Viger alum now, and and if you ever you go around the school, it seems like, what two thirds, three quarters of people who work here went to Viger.
4: Yeah, uh, a couple Viger uh, alums here, and it's always glad uh, good to have people to come back and really reinvest uh, back into the school and give back because you know, um, it's just great to see the growth. Great to see, um, you know the. Thing, come, come full circle you know
2: Tiffany you're the athletic director and it's a little maybe too early to get deep into this but tell us about some of the sports in the fall and, and where, where they're starting out
4: well we have volleyball and they're, they're off to a great start this year they're winning some games um, got a full roster of girls that are really excited about playing JV and a varsity roster football of course is great here um, there's a great electric exciting environment With the new stadium, the guys are winning, and uh, they have a great group of coaches around them. So, um, you know, things are off to a great start athletically, and it's a a make for a great year. Tiffany
2: Buchanan's the athletic director at Viger. Did you have mixed emotions when Viger beat Blunt the other day? Oh man, that's oh, a putting, trick Yeah, Put you on
1: the spot like that. <laughs> Levy
2: asking tough questions side. this morning. Where, where you, did you sit like in the uh, the middle? I mean, you know, neither sideline. You went to the the. the, the I uh, went
4: to the end so I end, did. So, so you, I come did. on, you did. did yeah, you? a great group of guys. Were you the only there. one there? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah, right with some of the district officials, but they're a great group of guys on both teams, and uh, you know I really miss those kids. But they are a great group, and they're going to do some great things. And Viger ha- has a great group of guys, and uh, I'm excited about it man really excited when
2: you were going to school here in the 90s did you ever think you'd have your own home football stadium
4: i did not you know and i would drive by sometimes when they were in the uh, phase of building and i'm thinking like you know how is that gonna work what is it gonna look and when i saw it for the first time you know fully constructed in all of its splendor i was like this is a beautiful thing yeah
2: don't take this wrong not to you <laughs> tiffany don't yeah. take this wrong but to the officials out there But as I look at that stadium and having broadcast many games at Pritchard Stadium, I'll take this one.
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. For certain, we'll take this one. Uh, This is a great thing for the community. You know, when I drove by, uh, we did some signage out for the first home game. And uh, I see you know, want to just pull out of the parking lot and drive around just to see it. And just to see it all lit up, it just felt right. It felt like a family-friendly environment for a big Friday night game citronelle
2: tonight citronelle tonight citronelle tonight anything special anything that's uh, besides the game are they anything planned well you guys are here well that's number one that's that's That's,
4: the that's the that's that's the 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 big thing thing today that's the highlight of our morning and we know coaches are uh preparing and ready and so we're gonna let coach cook kind of give you some of the trimmings for tonight and uh, we're just excited to welcome Centronelle here in our home stadium
2: later on in the show robert brazil is going to join us oh that's awesome the hall of famer that's good stuff and it really is so as far as we, we talked about volleyball how many sports do you have in the fall you got football you got uh, volleyball
4: we've got, yeah we've got track volleyball um, basketball is working on you know finalizing things girls basketball um, jv and varsity teams for those guys uh, got a big program and I was actually talking to the baseball coach about uh, his numbers and I was who looking, is the coach uh, coach Holly Kelvin Holly and uh, I was uh, looking at his roster and I was like man you really have that many kids that try out for baseball And he was like yeah we really really do so vibrant uh, thriving programs here at uh, Viger High School and uh, I'm just excited I, I just want to kind of um shout out i was uh when i first got here i noticed all of the football players walk around with all of these lanyards hanging out of their pockets and i was like guys what's going on why you got so many keychains why you got so many lanyards and they're like miss buchanan these are all the schools that we um have visited or are receiving offers from having some communications from and uh so i was talking to uh someone who i would like to say is our unsung hero here um, uh, coach um, may curtis KJ? may he, uh, curtis uh, oh, yeah. is his
2: uncle Okay. and
4: Coach May, Coach May, who's our recruiting coordinator, and uh, he was just giving me the list of names of all of our active recruits and guys that are really getting uh, serious looks from four-year universities, and I was excited.
2: Better define that, recruiting coordinator, in what
4: regard? Well, you know, he's, let's, let's say that. I know
2: where you're going with yeah. this, but just so our audience understands that right. he's not out recruiting. No, other- he's
4: not recruiting other kids to our school, but he's working with uh, parents and students to ensure um, that there is a uh, comprehensive progress for getting to the next level, those students being able to get to college and potentially play at the next level.
1: We can't thank you enough, for, not only for joining us this early in the morning, but having us out here. It's obviously a beautiful stadium. We're really excited yes. about it. Hey, the uh, the cheerleaders are out here. Take a listen.
5: Yes, we
1: Dr. Chris Fromonox High School Game Day. We're out here at Viger High School. When we come back, we're hoping to Viger!
5: Wolves! Wolves. Wolves.
1: It's 6.32. Welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day. Mark, I'm Lee Trevaney in Air Sports 1. And, yes, you guessed it. We are on the campus of Viger High School.
2: We want to thank Rear's Market, one of our sponsors, celebrating 107 years. And, in fact, I was talking to somebody yesterday, Mark, who uh, spent some time down there at the Top of the uh, Greer's Market down at St. Louis, having a good time down there. Rich's Car Wash, appreciate them coming on. L&S Air Conditioning, Ward International Trucks, and your Mobile County Sheriff's Department. How about that? Yeah, how about that? When we say Viagra, we say Offensive Coordinator, we say K.J. May. You know, K.J., we, we move around from school to school. And I remember we talked to you about, wasn't it about two years ago at Blunt?
6: It was just last year, actually.
2: Last year. Well, I, we, I don't know if we were out there last year, but I remember I interviewed you. Of course, I've interviewed many times. You've gone from Murphy to Minnesota, a couple of stops in the NFL, and up to Canada. You glad to be back in the warm weather? Oh, yeah, I am. Uh,
6: it seems like I've been stuck in the cold weather um, through my journey uh, going from you know, college to NFL, but it feels good to So,
1: th- this heat dome is your fault? Is that what it is? Like, <laughs> just trying to make it all even out, average uh, out?
6: Nah, we, we can blame it on me. I'll take that. <laughs> all right, fair enough.
2: You know, when I first came to this area, and uh, Tommy Compton, I don't know if you remember that name, but he's a legend here at Viger, Tommy Compton, mm-hmm. ran the Whirly Bird offense. And it was just marvel to see. I never knew who had the ball, but it was, you know, the, this, the whirling dervish. Then, I get saddled doing Murphy with you as the quarterback, and I had no clue who had the ball with Ron Lee's offense because all four of you guys were like the Notre Dame backfield, you know, back when when New Rockney was coaching. And right. I don't know what they call that. What kind of an offense are you running now at Viger?
6: Um, well, right now we're running a, a pro style offense. We use the spread. We use the out formation. We really use um, a lot of a, a lot of formations just to get defenses out of whack. Give them a lot to prepare for. Do you do any of that spinning motion and all that? Does your quarterback spin around? <laughs> nah, we're not doing that. Um, I, I really, I want to put it in because it's just so it's so tough to stop. But um, nah, we're not doing it.
1: How that. how um, how do you fight the temptation to put so much in? Because you've played on so many different levels of football. How much of it is, man? this is high school. I know they're sponges, but I kind of have to, you know, spoon feed them a little bit. I can't put the whole kitchen sink in there.
6: Right, right. And that that's a tough thing, you know, as, as coaches in general. Um, you have to go with what your guys are comfortable with. You can't go in and try to reinvent the wheel every week in high school. Um, you definitely want to push the issue as far as them learning and their football IQ, but you don't want to oversaturate yeah. them and try to give them too much at one time so it is it's a tough thing for me because you know a creative offensive of mind uh, coach cook has a creative offensive of mind and um, you know it's, it's a tough thing for us to be able to just kind of limit it of what we try to put in each week
2: Jerry and Graham is a member of your offense he is verbally committed to South Alabama so tell the Jag fans out there all about him and what he brings to the table
6: oh yeah Wars you have a great kid coming uh, Jerry and is a he's an ultimate competitor he's he's fast um, and he, he's definitely an athlete. He can play all positions on uh, he's he's a wide receiver We have him playing quarterback here because he he's that much that valuable to the team. He's that valuable of a player He's a great leader and um, you know, he's just a, a great competitor So that's that's a guy that uh, that I can vouch for
2: is the offense more run oriented or pass oriented here at Viger
6: uh, Viger has a, is a run history. It's a run school run team the history of running that football. It goes It goes a while back. It goes deep so uh, we want to establish the identity of being able to 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 ground pound, and also be able to
2: uh, be creative and. Get the ball to our playmakers. Your offensive lineman dubos, right? Yes. He's committed to Georgia? Yeah, he is. Do you right just that. run every play behind him? I wouldn't say that,
6: no. Nah. But you know, he's a, he's very valuable. When you when you see him over there, it's tempting not to run it towards him, but um, you know, defenses pick up on that. They know he's a top guy. All
2: right, Murphy Viger back when when you were playing high school, it was a great rivalry. I don't even I don't think you play them anymore, right? Oh uh, no, we don't. You, no, we but don't. back when when you were at Murphy, yeah. So did you have back then did you respect have any respect for Viger what was uh, it like playing for Murphy against Viger because it was really a big-time rivalry yeah
6: yeah it was and uh, I think we kind of finished that up my my senior year uh, we played the best Viger I think me personally I think it was the best the best Viger defense to come through you had uh, Jacoby Glenn you had um, Darius Pylon, you had to Michael Winston you had some guys on that defense and it was probably five of them that went D one. So that was probably one of the best defenses that I've saw. And, um, you know, it, it was a great
1: battle do today. Do, talk a little bit about your relationship with your players. I mean, are you, are you, are you still the guy that they're YouTube when they first come out and they're like, Oh, that's the guy that played at the NFL yeah. or, or are you just like everybody else? Now you one of the old guys that barks at them. Oh, nah, man. I'm assuming you can relate or they, they, they respond to you differently because you've been through All everything. Right. They, some of them ultimately want to get to, right?
6: Right, right. right. And it's a, it's a, it's a great level of respect um, and admiration when it comes down to that. Uh, those guys, when they first meet me, they still go to YouTube. They go to Google. You know, they want to see, like, <laughs> hey, Coach, I saw your highlights <laughs> last night. But I look at it as it's a motivation factor, and it's a, and it's a way for them to understand, hey, Coach, have been there. I've seen what you're trying to see. I've been through what you're trying to get through. If you just trust, you know, you'll be just fine. So
1: how – all right, how many times a week do they're like, All right, coach on the line, let's go forty, you and me. <laughs> how many times you get challenged? I don't get challenged in a forty yard
6: dash, I get challenged in one-on-one drill. Okay. And it's Brandon Pierre for it. he's the main one every time. Come on, goes line up right now. Yeah. So he you know, he's a very competitive <laughs> kid, you know. So he he's the main one, and a lot of them they try to shoot their shot at me.
2: KJ May, our guest offensive coordinator. You played for a, in my opinion, one of the best offensive minds in this area. And Ron Lee, but let's take you through your journeys in pro football. You were at least three NFL teams. Mm -hmm. Do any of those coaches or Ron Lee help shape your thinking about the offense? Oh, of course, of course. Um,
6: uh, Coach Coach Lee, Coach Kali, all those guys that was on that staff. during that time where i was at murphy you know they were great offensive minds because we went they showed that you can you can be different when it comes down to high school football you don't have to be the average high school football team you don't have to run the average high school football players we went from spread to a single wing to opening up to the spread and um, those guys, man, they they definitely helped with my football IQ and they shaped a lot of my thinking. What about pro football coaches? Did any of
2: them have an influence on your style?
6: Yes, yes. Um, I would say the biggest influence came from um, New England Patriots as far as formations and being able to run um the same concepts out of different formations uh, when i got there they handed us the playbook and it you go it's pretty thick you know you go gonna learn about 100 formations about 300 plays you know so it's <laughs> it was very thick but it shows that you can if you put your mind to it you can learn it you know it's never too much it's never too Man. much to learn
1: they- Kansas City could have used you last night, man. They couldn't catch a Cole out there.
6: <laughs> yeah.
2: Those receivers were having a rough night. Yeah,
6: they had a rough one. Um, first game jitters, I don't know, but that was, that was definitely rough. You,
2: you, well, and, and I brought up this, and I think a lot of people are, but not to take away from Detroit, but you saw how valuable Travis Kelsey is to that oh, offense. Yes, yes. So let me, you know I was going to ask you this, because uh, I, I usually do. The success of the Patriots back when, more Brady, more Belichick. Mm.
6: That's the tough one. But I mean you I would say Brady just because you see the decline once he left, you know, you see the decline, and I don't know if it's the, the great quarterback play, because I, I look at it as, you know, if you have your great quarterback, if you get some, I would say, even some decent quarterback play, you have a chance to be a pretty good team. So I feel like quarterback play is very key to um, an offense. You can have the great you can have the best offensive mind, you can draw up the best play, but if your guys don't execute and your quarterback is not the leader in demanding the respect of the team, uh, you're gonna have a long day. <laughs> Catch passes from Brady. I did. I Tell did. me about
2: why. Why was he so successful, and uh, that pre you know quarterbacks since then have maybe have not thrived yeah. in New England. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I watched them, and just a
6: way because I was just I was just a fan. I was a fan before I was a teammate, and he gets there at five o'clock in the morning, takes salt baths he like
2: Yeah, it's like how oh, is he 40?
6: It's a tank, so he
2: lays in the tank. Oh, he, had that, he had that trainer, uh, yeah. Guerrero, right? Yes, man, you're amazing. gonna have Lee at the
1: house later tonight with his little salt shaker, <laughs> like sprinkling <laughs> some stuff in his bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah, man. But I watched him, man, and it was the way that he approached the game, how he took care of his body. Cause I'm like, how are you 40 years old and you're still able to, you know, perform at this high level? And you, know, he would work out during the preseason when. Starting quarterbacks will have their helmets off sitting on the bench. He'll have his helmet on going through drills on the sideline.
2: Were uh, you there when Belichick, in a sense, or maybe somebody along the lines of Belichick, decided that they didn't want Guerrero? In the locker room anymore. That was a very controversial thing up there because Brady and Guerrero were kind of bonded at they hit, but then they told him to take a walk. Yeah, I think
6: that had a I think that had a part to do with their separation. Um, you know, once you because that, that Guerrero he was very important to his career and um, he was essential to his to his mindset and the way that he approached it. So um, I think that had something to do with the separation between those two with between um, Brady and and the Patriots um but I wasn't around at that time I was there when it was kind of the relationship was disintegrating between the two and you can see where they were trying to keep them from around but um, they, they looked at it as uh a cheat. Card. That's what other p- people were saying. Oh, he has a personal trainer that walks around in his hip pocket. That's cheating. So, you know, <laughs> they're trying to see how he's doing it at 40 years old. <laughs> well, you know, I could go on forever on the NFL with you, but let's yeah. not
2: get away from Viagra. Most What's in definitely. the game plan for Citronel tonight? Uh, well, in the game
6: plan for, for tonight is really to just, you know, try to have our guys be consistent with what they're doing and, uh, you know, spread the, round, spread the ball around and get it to the playmakers and let them go play.
1: All right. How much of a how much of a temptation is it? As, you know, you're a, you're a guy that likes, or at least in the past <laughs> has been known. You want the ball in the air a little bit. How how much of it? How much of of your job is kind of tempering that expectation of man? I want to throw it around because I was a receiver. Right. To, to hey man, we got it. We got to set a tone here. We got to set right. up. Uh, how how does that how's that balance out? Well, your head?
6: Well, the, well, the balance is you you play into the strengths of your players, and um, you know, we don't have a complete just drop back quarterback throw it around guy we we, we play into the strengths and um they, i feel like our guys they can do what we ask them to do and they can do it well so we have to play into the strengths of your players
1: man thank you so much for coming out with us uh, good luck tonight uh, it's great catching up with you yeah, man, uh, we're gonna come back and uh, wrap up our number one next take a listen to the viger band it's the Dr. Christopher Malnick's high school game day. We're right outside their beautiful new stadium on their brand new, uh, beautiful facility. Man, you got to honk if you come by because it's. We want to hear from you guys. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
7: I'm from the class of 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to the WNSP.
1: we wrap wrapping up our number one here. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Game Day. We're on the campus of Viger High School. Uh, thanks to the cheerleaders as well as the band for getting up early with us. We are sitting right outside their
2: beautiful new stadium, Lee. You know, really it's something to behold and I, I you can only imagine, I mean, if you've been associated with Viger or any of the other schools like Davidson, LaFleur, what it must feel like to have your own stadium somewhere to call home, so close to the administrative building. I mean, just on campus, it, it's quite a sight. Made my job easier to find the high school yesterday. Figured when I saw the stadium, the high school's gotta be adjoining it, and indeed it is. Before we talk to the defense coordinator for Viger, that would be montrez lang i want to introduce dr christopher Mullinix, my good friend fellow who i've seen many times uh he is with mobile oral and facial surgery over 20 years did a lot of did all of my dental implants what i mean a lot he did all of them chris good morning how are you today good morning guys i'm doing well thank you well you know and as i talk about all during the week it's more than dental implants you handle all kinds of oral uh, surgery, jaw surgery. What is the worst sports injury you've ever had to deal with?
8: You know, uh, probably a baseball injury where a line drive hit a pitcher kind of like right in the middle of the face, and just lots of fractures. Facial uh, nose was fractured, the upper jaw was fractured. Of course, some of the teeth were knocked out, even the uh, orbital bones, uh, the, the bones around the eye sockets were fractured. So it was a pretty impressive injury. Uh, most sports injuries with the face are not as, as, as gruesome as some of the extremity injuries that you see with the knees and the legs, but certainly that was a pretty bad one, and it took uh, several surgeries to get info back together.
2: Okay, so let's say with all the football games that take place and all the al- athletic events that take place Friday, if something happens, is there somebody on call during the weekend that can help?
8: Surely, we Our phones are answered 24-7, and, and we have doctors available. If, there, if an emergency arises, they can give us a call. We'll do our best to get them accommodated.
2: How can uh, our listeners, if they are in need of any kind of dental surgery, get in touch with you, Chris? Sure.
8: The phone number, 251-471-3381, and we're on the web at com.
2: Dr. Melnick, I can't thank you enough. You got a great staff, professional, very personable. I will be in touch with you next week. We'll be at Spanish Fort next Friday. Thank you so much.
8: Thanks, guys. Have a great
2: weekend. All right, let's bring in the defensive coordinator for the Viagra Wolves, Montrez Lang. Good morning, Montrez. How you doing? Good
9: morning, guys. How oh, y'all yeah, doing today? I, I
2: got to ask you first of all. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have Jake Lang coming in here at seven. Are you related to him?
9: Yes, I am. That is my little
2: brother. Your little brother. Yes, sir. How is that? How much of an? Now you're kind of young yourself, aren't you? Under thirty. Yes,
9: sir. I'm 26
1: years old. I tell you what. Do me a favor. Swap gears. Swap gears with yeah, me right I'll, there.
2: Yeah, we, we'll, we'll refresh. Uh, we'll let go, me let me
1: hit the reset recalibrate
2: there. On, yeah. on the question. Montrez Lang is the defense coordinator. So we're going to be talking to Jake Lang at seven. Are you related to him?
9: Yes, I am. That is my little brother.
2: And when you say little brother, you how there's not much of an eight because you're pretty young yourself.
9: Yes sir, I'm only 26 years old. So you coach him? Yes sir. You coach your own brother? <laughs> yep, and the other one too, he's a twin.
2: Is that right? Yes sir. Well, what's that like around the household, uh, you being the coach and the, your two siblings uh, having to learn from you? I mean, it's... it's,
9: it's it's a learning experience all in itself. Uh, I mean, my dad coached them all their life, so I mean, they kind of fell right into the fold with me. Um, it's fun, man. I'm going. I'm. I'm enjoying the ride we have, and I'm sure I'm gonna miss them next year.
2: Okay. So, like, is there any like. On the sidelines, do they ever get in your face, or like uh, something comes up during the game, coach? We should be doing this. No, this is the way I want it done.
9: Uh, It's more with the linebacker Jai Lane. You know, he's my captain on the defense. So if something going wrong, I'm blaming him. Is that what it is? (laughs) How did you get
2: into coaching at such a young age? Uh,
9: Coming home, I graduated from Jacksonville State in 2019. You know, uh, I I will admit I I was kind of Lost, you know. I didn't know what I wanted to do next with my life. Uh The great guy, no name, Marcus Cook, kind of introduced something to me.
2: Marcus will be the uh, head coach who will join us at 7:30. Hey, do you like Jacksonville State on Division One now? Yes, sir. You happy about that? Yes, sir. Stay cocky. All right. Tell me about the <laughs> defense. Oh man, Uh my
9: defense. We run a 4-2-5. I got ball players all over the field. Man, I was blessed. Um, I know many defensive coordinators probably can't attest to that, but I'm blessed with p- uh, players like Brandon Pierfoy, uh my brothers Jake and John Lang, uh Cornelius Pierce and Tyree Durgin, Buster Malone, you know, guys like that, man, when you got athletes who walk in the door and who are ready to play, you're blessed. Were they better athletes than you were? no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Man. Do
2: they have offers? Yeah, oh, I, every single one of those
9: guys. Have you know, I'm going
2: to ask Jake about having his, you know, the brother. You know, <laughs> I, I I could see the father's son, but I don't. I think it's the first time we've ever had brother versus brother coaching. Yeah, that, that, that's probably something. Uh, you no, know, it's weird like that. Well, as long as you're on good terms. No, we are. We definitely are. What was it like growing up in the household though, the three of you?
1: It well, first cool. of all, there's two of everything that isn't yours. That's oh, that's man. the problem. I, I guess I was the test baby. Yeah. I was the test baby. <laughs> hey, if it weren't for you, there wouldn't be them, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So yeah. there you go. But
9: well, it was pretty good, though, man. I mean, uh, kudos to my mom and dad, Majestic uh, Gilmore Lane. They raised three fine gentlemen, man. Uh, they make us do it on the field and
2: off the field. There's no uh, – the standards being set. So, like, a lot of times when we have a father's son, and then we'll ask the father when you decide it was time to back off and, and not compete against somebody. This is different. You're only like three years, what, uh, five or six years older than your brothers? No, mm, no, 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 no. no. You're 26, right? I'm
9: 26 and they're 17. Yeah, he, he didn't oh, know so there so would be any math <laughs> on, today's, on today's, <laughs> today's show.
2: So to the point, do you still compete against them in anything? Oh, yeah. You can still shoot basketball.
9: I'll line it up if I stretch good. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I still got a little bit left in me.
2: So as far as putting in that defense together, and you already mentioned the talent that you have here at Viger. So when you you know formulate, do you talk to Coach Cook and tell him these are the players I want? Because what if he wants them on offense? Oh, uh, Is it's,
9: a it's a mutual do you play agreement.
2: Player, do you have players that go both ways, offense, defense? Yes, yes, yes. Uh,
9: Buster Malone goes both ways. Uh, my brother Jake, he plays DNL, linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier Jackson, he plays detaching o line. So you know, we got a mutual agreement. Uh, uh,
2: it's pretty much fine with me, man. As long as we win. You're gonna give up. Uh, the, so far, you've gotten off to a great start defensively, too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's been almost tough to get touchdowns against you.
9: Yeah, it's been pretty tough. I mean, I I coach a stingy defense, man. I want I, I want my defense to feed off my energy. I want them to play like how I would play out there. So. I let them go out there and just do their thing.
1: All right, here we go. So, Coach, we appreciate you joining us. We wish you the best of luck. It's been a lot of fun being out here, and we're just getting started. So we're going to take a break, take a listen to the Viger cheerleaders and and band as we go out. And uh, we come back with our number two, which includes some players, Viger coach Marcus Cook. Hour number three is Robert Brazil. we got a lot going on here. It's a Friday edition. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
0: Is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM All Sports Radio Station 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile App. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Braunner. The opening, kickoff. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael.
1: here at Viger High School. want to thank all the fine folks for having us out here. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com.
2: Some of the headlines that uh, we've been talking about, the Detroit Lions upset Kansas City 21-20, ruined the Super Bowl celebration, high school uh, football last night, overtime win for his Bayside Academy over St. Michael's. Uh, Matt Olson of the Braves ties Hank Aaron, Eddie Matthews for second Single-season home run total with his 47th. The Braves record is 51, and the Braves win over St. Louis. Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow has signed a five-year contract extension that makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history. Former Alabama and Jets legend Joe Namath will be the guest picker tomorrow during the ESPN game day. There will also be a special feature on Crimson Tide play-by-play voice Eli Gold. Let's talk to some of the Viagra Wolves. Well, we couldn't get Jacques Hunter from Colorado, but we got kind of a, a similar athlete and Jerry and Graham, the uh, quarterback uh, with the Viagra Wolves. Uh, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Do you uh, you play the whole game? Yes, sir. You don't come out for any plays? I come out sometimes. All right. So what, what positions?
10: Um, receiver, quarterback, um, safety, and cor- uh, cornerback.
2: So when you... Uh, well, if things all play out, you've committed to South Alabama, what is your future position? Receiver. Very good. So as far as the quarterback goes, now do you actually play obviously if you're quarterbacking, you don't throw the ball to yourself <laughs> yes, in sir. the game. But I mean you actually play or receiver for the Vior Wolves
10: sir can you repeat that
2: yeah so you're actually quarterbacking the viagra wolves but do you actually go in or or change positions and become a wide receiver during the game yes sir so who takes over quarterback
10: kevin brisker number 13 so how do you like playing a variety of positions like this feels great um i get to be able to Play around the whole field, see how everything moves around.
1: But All right. do you get a do you get a different perspective maybe as a guy that plays receiver as a quarterback? There, you know, you get that one, you get that perspective from watching those guys run the routes. But do you have a better understanding, or do you feel like you have a better feel uh, or camaraderie with your receivers Could you play that position too? So like you get it from both sides. Yes,
10: yeah, sir. Um, I feel like it helps the it helps me as receiver. Yeah. Because I know where the quarterback wants to throw the ball where you want to throw it at, so it, help, it kind of helps me.
1: So are they always open? I mean, I know receivers always say they're always open. Are they always open?
10: Sometimes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joining Jerry in Air Sports 1 is senior uh, line, are defensive player, he also plays fullback too, defensive lineman Jake Lang. Jake, I gotta ask you, first of all, does the defensive coordinator know what he's doing? Yes, yes sir, (laughs) that's my brother, I love him too. Okay, and you're a twin, I'm gonna let Mark throw you the twin questions.
1: Oh, we're just gonna talk twins? Why not? Well, I mean, I can relate for sure. Obviously, growing up, you've got you've got a best friend sitting right there, right? So it's either one of one or the other. Either you guys are really close and great friends, or you guys are constantly at each other's necks. Which one was it?
11: See, we off the field we close, but when we on the field, we're competing against each other every day. We're trying to make make each other the best version of ourselves. All right. So when you were growing up, I'm assuming you all had the same thing, just different colors to differentiate whose was what.
2: They well. For our parents to tell us apart, we had a way of different
11: stuff.
2: <laughs> the coaches, uh, uh, getting, obviously your brother tells you apart, but do the other coaches, can they tell you apart?
11: Yes, sir. I grew up around Marcus Cook, the head coach, and my brother, but the, some of the new upcoming coaches we got this year, they be having a little problem. So how, about,
2: how about this? How about
11: on dates? Do you ever switch? <laughs> we tried before. <laughs> how would that go? How
1: would that go? Uh, it went all right. It, uh, nah, he didn't. <laughs> 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 all right. So how many times? Notice I didn't ask you if you've done it. I'm asking how many times did y'all switch classes? How many times have you confused teachers? Well, since we got the hypothetically, vi- of course. Hypothetically, yeah. just asking for a friend.
11: Since we got the viral, we take honor classes together, so we don't. We in both same Ooh. classes together. But in middle school, yeah, we uh, try. But our teacher, he/she knew us apart. So uh, that's unfortunate.
2: Guys, I'm going to ask both of you to talk about having a brand new stadium. Jarian, you go first.
11: It feels great.
10: Um, my freshman year, well, since I was You guys young, were
2: playing all over the place. You were like gypsies.
10: Yes, yes, we were. But ever since I was growing up, I've been coming to Viger, um seeing the old guys play on um, Pritchard Stadium. And my freshman year, I only played one game, in it, so that kind of hurt my heart a little bit. But um, later on, we got the new stadium. It kind of helped. Because my, my sophomore year, we had to play all over the place. We never had, we didn't have a home game that season at all, but managed to win the state championship.
2: Yeah, you were on that state title team, huh? That went all the way, I know.
10: Yes, I sir. I was a captain there. Really? Yes, sir. I was, a cap, I was a captain my second game as a freshman. And my sophomore year, I was a captain the whole year.
2: What does being captain mean? What do you do as a captain? What, how, what kind of responsibility is that? It's being a leader. I mean, people think the captain just goes out for the toss, the coin toss.
10: No, if I get something different well how different is they see how you have how good are you a leader
2: are you when you say leader are you in other leadership organizations here in Viger do you have time for anything like that uh, not really cuz football all day all right uh, jake the new stadium what does it mean to you you've grown up around viger forever what's so going to Pritchard
11: Stadium, and watching my brother play there when I was a little, I always wanted to play at Pritchard Stadium. I got here my freshman year, played one game, and it it, it broke my heart because we had to travel to go to LAD every every game for a home game. But since we got our new stadium, the spirit been up at Vag and the atmosphere just been evolving yeah. around us, and it just feel good. It's very good. There's a
1: there's like an intimacy in a camaraderie. It's not it's 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 not just the team it's it's the community right it's it's really it's a beautiful stadium yes, it and it's just I, I we joke with coach because he's been on with us you know leading up to this day about it's got to be like i think we compared it to like christmas it's like put the christmas presents underneath the tree like four months before christmas and you just keep walking by it waiting for a shot to go out there and play on it man i know y'all have been chomping at the bit so it's uh it's really an exciting time here
2: yes sir Jerry uh as far as game plan tonight, what are we looking at? Uh Careful. Careful. <laughs> Don't want to give away too many secrets. Um you'd rather run or throw? Both. I'm going to do both. But I'm probably most likely going to run a lot. I did ask you to start off that you talked about, you know, your future in football with, you know, South Alabama and I think you said receiver, but what about defensive back too?
10: Half of all of my offers came from defensive back, just off of my size and speed.
11: Jake, what are you going to do after your senior year? Well, my recruiting process is still open, hoping to pick up a a big-time scholarship. I have one offer on the table from Birmingham Southern, but if I don't, I'll attend a a, a university and get a degree.
2: Do you want to be still with your brother, the twin?
11: I would like... To go to college without him, but I feel like with both of us on the field, we're unstoppable. And and whatever college comes to get us, they're gonna love so us. So,
1: how does a, a guy that plays defense play fullback? Because fullback's one of those. I'm assuming, Coach. We'll get to this a little later. I'm assuming with kids today, you have to explain what a fullback is, because no one, no one, however, hardly plays with a fullback. How'd you get? How'd you get that double duty?
11: Well, I grew up playing fullback, but when Marcus Cook, he knows I'm a very physical um, player and I like to hit, so whatever it takes to make the team win, I'm going to go do.
2: Jerry, and who hits harder, uh, Jake or his brother?
11: I want to say John. Ja
2: brother man, a man sitting right here. He says that. <laughs> nah, you got to be like that.
1: <laughs> got to be honest, man. Got to be honest. <laughs> he's a leader, right, Jake? He's, he's a leader. Leader, you can. I, yeah. I think that's just reverse psychology. I think he's just trying to motivate you to to lay the lumber today. That's what it is. That's 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 smart, man. That's that's good leadership right there.
2: So like you're on the field with your brother, and like you said, you, you protect one another, right? Yes sir. So if your brother gets leveled, on, uh, say a blindside block, do you take it upon yourself to on the next play.
11: Well, it's not. is this football is going. Happen, I gotta stay. I gotta stay level minded and keep on going. we here for the win, we're not here to like revenge. starting anything. What's the first class today, guys?
10: English, I have culinary arts. Man, what is that? It's a cooking class.
1: I was
2: gonna, so you cook. You're the the
1: second person uh, in our very brief season that has said they have that class. We need to know this ahead of time so we can hang out. (laughs) Y'all can do a little something for us.
2: What's your specialty? In, what do you mean? Cooking. I want to say breakfast. Mm. No, I mean, was there like Jello? Do you do Jello well? Jello?
10: <laughs> I ain't never cooked no Jello. I'm teasing.
2: <laughs> what, no, seriously, what 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 can you cook up for breakfast? Man, playing quarterback, receiver,
1: say, and cooking up Jello <laughs> at half down for the
10: team. I want to say eggs, grits, and bacon. Something though usual stuff. that you
1: ever
2: had any of his stuff yet? No, sir. No, sir. Do you want to? No, sir. (laughs) sir. Dang. (laughs) Oh, well,
1: you see, you started it. (laughs) Hey, guys, we really do appreciate you guys coming aboard. Uh, It's an exciting time here at Viger. We wish you guys the best of luck, uh, not only tonight, but throughout the course of the season. And we'll be looking for those uh, eggs and and grits about what time's class start? 7-15. 7:15. right, well, let's make it 7:20. We expect to see something out here. <laughs> I like my little crisp, the bacon, though. Yes, sir. All right? Yes, sir. Now, good luck to you guys, really. We, we appreciate it, and best of luck. Yes, Thank sir. You. Thank you. All right, so let's get you a scoreboard, traffic, and weather. Uh, the Viger Band and cheerleaders are still out here doing their thing, so take a listen. We'll talk to the head coach here as well. Uh, Marcus Cook coming up in just a little bit. It's the Dr. Christopher Monex High School game day from Viger High School right here on the sports station, WNSP.
3: And you're listening to WNSP
12: on 105.5.
1: Viger cheerleaders and the band are out here in force we're out here in front of this beautiful new stadium I don't know why I'm pointing to it every time I say it like you guys can see me but it is the Dr. Christopher Monix high school game day we're out here at Viger it's been a lot of fun Viger coach Marcus Cook expected to join us here in just a little bit
2: all right, let's check in now with Alec Naiman of uh, Naiman's Catering. And, again, uh, coming up in this hour, a chance to qualify for the Naiman's uh, Tailgate show. And he will pick a winner a week from today. But, Alex, I have a question for you. Uh, we're working on it. We're, we're efforting, Alec. All right. Uh, I hope we do get him on. But uh, I will uh, reiterate that at 750, we'll have the name it, and an individual will get uh a chance to qualify for the tailgating party. We give away six to each month. Alec will actually come uh, on a week from today. Hopefully today also, but a week from today, and pick a number. We'll have nine qualifiers. Alec Nayman is now front and center with us. Uh, and I, Alec, I have a question for you. We interviewed a Viger football player, Jerry and Graham. Who's now on his way to class, culinary arts? He's taking, of a, a course, a, a, a cooking class. Did you ever take a cooking class when you went to high school?
13: Are you talking to me, I guess, huh?
2: I'm talking to you, Alex. Did you ever take a cooking class when you went to high school?
13: It just, 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 my mom, my mama put me through cooking classes on a daily basis, believe me. <laughs> She was my culinary instructor. If you wanted to eat around my house, you had to learn to cook. So that's that's my class, that's my school. But you know, hey, I'm excited. It's a great time of the year. We love football, and I know we got a lot of great games tonight in the high school sector here. We got some big games tomorrow. Of course, we tailgate now in South Alabama. My Jags are home tomorrow, and uh, we're looking really forward to that. So that ought to be great. But you know what? Uh, I tell you, we've got the freezer full of stuff. People are calling. They're booking some tailgating packages with us, and so we'll have a good day of football and tailgating tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. All you got to do is call us at 473-3900 and look us up on the web at namenscatering.com. Follow us on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. And I tell you, if you're going to have a need something for your corporate office at lunch or breakfast or any of that kind of stuff, We do that every day of the week. So just call us, 473-3900. And I tell you, I'm going to give you my gold Jags because I love my Jags.
2: Speaking of that, Alec, and I appreciate you joining us, I've got a show every Friday uh, out at Dean Waite Associates from noon to 1, and it's called the Friday Football Preview. Dean Waite will join me along with Roger Schultz, and I have Jag football tickets to give away so I'll talk more about that when we get there. But if you want to come out and get a couple of tickets for Saturday's game against Southeast Louisiana, I'll have them for you.
1: And meet the one and only Lee Shervanian. How about
2: that? I think they'd probably do better meeting Roger or Dean Waite or the, maybe even Nick.
1: And, and learn more about Jell-O. Uh, you guys can jump in. We have a couple minutes uh, here. We spent a little time earlier talking about Uh, Obviously, Joe Namath is going to be the celebrity guest picker, but if it wasn't Namath, who would you have selected to be the Alabama celebrity picker uh, tomorrow on game day? And then, man, what a rough night for wide receivers uh, last night if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, Just a tough go at it. Uh, And some look I I mentioned it earlier. Detroit dodged a little bit of a bullet there. If Detroit doesn't win, we're probably talking about them Um, Going for it on fourth and two, not getting it, not milking the clock, even with timeouts and trying to get down to the two-minute warning. The ball got batted down, but, man, Lee, Detroit's defense came to play. I thought they dominated both lines of scrimmage. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was was Mahomes. He was putting the ball where it needed to be, but those receivers were just not making plays.
2: Dan Campbell certainly with one of the more quotable quotes you'll ever want to hear. So after the game, he was asked, "What did he learn about his team?" He said, "I didn't learn anything. It verified everything." Yeah, and they people are really picking up on that. It verified everything I knew. As you know, when Dan Campbell took over, he left the Saints to become the head coach of the Lions. He he threw a lot of people with uh, some of the ca- comments he made about what, biting below the knee or so. I don't remember what it was, but it was a couple years ago, Mark. Where he came out with a lot of quotes, and uh, but yesterday's quote after the game. But congratulations to the Lions. Many people were wondering, how in the world did Detroit get to be on the opening game? You know, because they've had no success. I've had very little success since uh, going back to 1991. But uh, they uh, they came on strong last year, and they picked up where they left off last year. They finished 9-8, and eight and they beat the Chiefs as the Chiefs were raising the flag for their uh, Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, so, uh, and we talked to Jim Nagy yesterday about this game and about how good this detroit team was they looked uh, very poised uh did not get rattled at all it was a, it was a fun game i mean there were a lot of mistakes don't get me wrong uh it, it wasn't the cleanest of games but it was a competitive game and uh man detroit detroit fired away they got you know that front seven came up they, they threw right over it uh it was a big win for detroit so when we come back we're here at Viger high school we're going to talk to the Viger head coach marcus cook We'll get his thoughts on his season, the new stadium, tonight's game. Robert Brazil is expected to join us in hour number three, uh, and uh, Duke quarterback Riley Leonard also on tap. My guess is Riley is probably going to want to come on and tell everybody to make it, make sure everybody knows he does indeed do his homework uh, and that he got that paper in. Uh, so stay with us. It's the Dr. Chris Formanek's High School Game Day from Viger High School right here on the Sports Station WNSP and WNSP.com. Again, the cheerleaders just said, you know, we're just going to hang as long as y'all have us here at at Viger High School. It might be like we were talking about. We don't have any records to prove it, but they might be out here as long as anybody ever has for our Dr.
2: Christopher Mullenix High School game day. Mark, I think they're the longest because they came here about 6.15, started with us right around 6.30, over an hour. I can't remember. I know we've had some bands, cheerleaders. Now, the band wasn't here the whole time, but the cheerleaders have, and... As was pointed out to me, maybe because this is our first time out, it's been so long that they, they want to make sure that uh, we know that they're around, and we certainly do. But I got to, uh, first of all, I want to uh, acknowledge some of our sponsors like Allstate Agent uh, Kenneth Morgan. Uh, The Green and Phillips injury law firm, the orthopedic group, QB Country, thanks to David Morris, who was on with us this week, also the Mobile County Sheriff's Department, head coach Marcus Cook uh, joining us, and we talk about records and everything, but first of all, the cheerleaders with the green and white. See, and having done a lot of Viagra football games in the past, I always referred to Viagra as the green
14: and silver. Is that no longer? Um, that's no longer. I was wearing silver when I was in school. The helmets were silver, but yeah. um, we're green and white. Green you and know, soul we sprinkle a little black in there now. But uh, <laughs> the main school colors are green and white. Kelly, green and B is that? Couple of things for the record. How many state championships does Viger have in football? Four and three state runner-ups. Were you ever involved in any of them? I've been involved in three of them. One state championship, one state runner-up as a player, one state runner-up as a coach. All right. The other. Are you the youngest head coach in the state of Alabama? Uh, I don't know for sure. I know last year I think I was. And you are now at 28? 28, 29 in December. You still learning? I'm always learning. If you're not learning, you're not getting better. At what point through
2: your playing career did you feel that you wanted to be a
14: head coach? Did this just fall into your lap or how did this all come about that you got such an early start? Oh. Uh, you know, as a player, you're always trying to strive to make it to the NFL. Uh, but as a as a young man, I always said it. I had to be around football. So if I didn't make it playing football, I knew I was going to coach football. I had made a goal that I was going to be the head coach by the time I was 30 years old somewhere. It just so happened to wind up being my alma mater, which is such a blessing.
1: So obviously, state championships, it's always the goal, right? It's always the dream, and it's such a special Uh, part of a school's tradition and heritage, but this is um, again, I'm pointing to the stadium (laughs) for all those with radio vision. Mm -hmm. This is something different but it's no less special, right? When it comes to, we talked about with your guys, it's a sense of community pride and it's a a camaraderie thing. Like The team is always going to be close, but I just feel like there's a special connection with the community now that we're sitting outside this beautiful stadium.
14: Well, they the state championship of buzz every year. Yeah, you know that's that's the expectation. But I think that the stadium has brought the community close together. Um, it's brought the faculty, the staff, everyone. You know, it, it's something. It's a place to call home. It's ours. Yeah. And you know, just looking at it now, you know, you get chills when you really think about. You know, we're the first. We're history. I tell my players this all the time. Last week, that was the first regular season game in this state. Yeah. We making history.
2: Marcus Cook is the head coach. Is this team now again referring to the fact you've been on state title teams at Liger? Is this team talented enough to make it? We know things can you know happen, ball bounces a silly way, but is this team talented enough to win a state title?
14: Yes, sir. They are talented enough. But the only focus is to remain focused. We must stay humble. We must practice hard, and we must do the things on and off the field to be a state championship team.
2: Twenty-eight years old. Twenty-seven years old. Does, do you, do you sense that, because a lot of the players are just about, what, 10 years younger than you are, is it tough to get their respect? And that's
14: not hard at all. That's not hard at all. <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest part of the job, getting their respect. Um, I always tell them I'd rather see a sermon than hear what any So I lead by example. You know, to be a leader, you got to show leadership qualities. And I think I've proved to my team that, you know, I think that's what kind of got me the job, you know. The players vouch for me to get this job.
2: Yeah, I know there was a lot going on a couple of years ago, and you and I talked a lot about this. And I, there was a point, too, where, oh, let's see, was it about two years ago? I've been in touch with you, and I said, can you go on now and talk about being the head coach? And you couldn't do it, and it was just a, it was a long, drawn-out
14: deal. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was about four months drawn out. You know, you, you called me. Asking me, could you make the article? Could you be the first one to leak it? I'm like, nah, we can't do it yet. You know, it was a lot of process behind that.
2: Yeah, but that must have been tough on you, too. You know, thinking.
14: It wasn't tough on me. Not knowing,
2: though? Not knowing?
14: Nah, I mean, I come in every day and work. So the thing about it, a title shouldn't make you work harder. I feel like if I was going to be the head coach here, I need to work harder. When I was assistant coach, I worked hard. So hard work is in you. It's not a title that's gonna make you work hard. You gotta come in each and every day and work hard. That's what I teach to my players.
1: So, a as you know, a, a team's attitude is generally uh, a reflection of their coach. Do you see those traits in your team?
14: Yeah, I see it a lot of me that when they get out there, they feel like they're the most physically dominant team. You know, they play with confidence. You know, they got some swag about them, and, and that's some things that you know they get from me. You know, I, I think that when we take the field, we gotta look good and we gotta play good. And we have to be the most physical team. We're gonna be in shape too, you know. I don't play cramps and all that. We run too much to be catching cramps. How much y'all run? Too y- much. You put a, you <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, but but it's a it's a it's it's got to be a mixture of you know distance, right, for endurance. But you also got to get that speed work in yeah. too.
14: Yeah. Uh, coach Lang, uh, defensive coordinator. He's also the strength and conditioning coach. so yeah. He mixes it up in there, but um, we do a lot of things. We do a community run, so we'll run around this whole block. Yeah. You know coaches get out there and you run with we, them. You say we I was gonna say, you, you out there too? Yeah, coaches we get out there and run with them. Guys, is he in the front of the pack or the back of the pack? Middle, middle. That's a that's a good
2: non-answer. Marcus <laughs> Cook is the head coach for the Rider Wolves. He's joining us in Air Sports One. He'll be with us through uh, eight o'clock this morning. So tell me the about this team as far as we talked about the fact that they have the talent to go all the way, but what makes this team so special?
14: They've been a part of, most of these seniors have been a part of the state championship team already. Back two years ago, right? Two years ago, um, down year last year, but they, they've seen the ups and they've seen the down. You know, they were part of the COVID year. So or some of them, so you know that, I think they're ready. You know, they've got the reps and they have a different mindset. I think also being history. The stadium, you know, it's just, I think it's our time.
2: So the student body, I was told, is right a, right a little over 500, correct? How
14: many do you have out on the football team? About 72. And that—and that's normal? That's no, That's a little, a little above average, a little okay. above average. Do you have, how are teams doing, let's say, uh, the JV, and, and you do have freshmen and JV also, no? I do not have freshmen. I have varsity and junior varsity. So we do junior varsity. Our first junior varsity game will be Monday. So it's a teacher work day, but we're still going to play a JV game out here at 6 p.m.
1: So they get to play on the new st-
14: – Yeah, they get to play How on the new – How about that? Uh, we had a middle man, school those, game they, here they yesterday. Man, they spoiled,
1: man. These varsity guys had to wait years. These, these JV guys get it just
14: handed to them, coach. Yeah, we had a middle school game, Mobile County Training That's School in Chest Lane. they played out here yesterday at 4.
1: That's awesome. That's. I mean, you can't ask for – a I mean, kids must have been over the
2: moon. Yeah, now we should point out it is artificial turf, so it, it's not like you're digging up the grass, right?
14: Yeah, we have to get it uh, brushed about once a week. About once a week. We'll probably get it brushed today, get it ready for the game tonight.
2: You talked about the Lions winning, and the coach was asked, uh, what did he learn about the team? And he said, I didn't learn anything. I This just uh, basically is what I already knew and it verified it. What about the first two games for Viger?
14: I think in the first game, you know, we we just came out and we were physically dominant. I think last week we learned a little bit more about ourselves because we had to fight through some adversity. Such as? Uh, We were down, you know, in the fourth quarter and we got stopped on fourth down twice. You know, that normally doesn't happen to us. So we didn't stop fighting. Kids, you know, um, made some big plays. So that was against B.C. Rain. Yeah. You said you went for it on fourth down with like well, fourth and inches, fourth and one or something? Went for it on fourth and two. Um, then also we got stopped on the one-yard line. Really? Yeah. How did that happen with the big lineman you
2: have? Where was Mike Dubose on this one? He was over there. How did that happen? there. To down. run behind him, he's a Georgia commit. How many of your players have committed already off
14: this year's team? Uh, Michael Dubose committed to Georgia. You have uh, Brandon Peer for, oh my, he's having a stellar season right now. Uh, he's arguably the best defensive player in the state. He's committed to Mississippi Valley. Uh, you have Jaron, he's committed to uh, South Alabama. Ja'Core Barnes, he's committed to Jackson State. Uh, Jake and John Lane, they have offers from um, Birmingham, Southern, and LaGrange. Kevin Malone offers to Troy, Alabama State, UAB fam you Dylan Jackson over to fam you Garrett Holcomb offer from Alabama State so the Dude, I, don't, I don't know what's on. more
1: impressive that list or the fact that you can reel
2: them off like that that's I you know your kids. yeah man that's,
14: that's Marcus at the, your first home game was last week Do, did you have college recruiters out here no you know they're in season right now so you know uh, they're getting ready for it we'll, we'll have them in and uh, sprinkling in and out um, most likely, your big games be when, with your kids. that have opposing team has a lot of offers, and that's when you have maybe five or six coaches on the sideline. The Kirby, spring was busy, though. Has spring Kirby early.
2: Smart been down here? He's,
14: he's, he's seen some people. He's, he's sent some people. Uh, he hasn't been personally there? No, he hasn't personally been
1: Hey, before we uh, we have to go to a break here in a minute, but I'm curious, uh, give us a preview tonight. What can people expect when uh, when you guys take the field?
14: Uh, expect us to come out and play physical football and play with a lot of speed. We want to use our speed tonight. All right, uh, you going to hang with us for another segment? Oh, you know I got you. All
1: right, all right, so let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the SEC games. We'll uh, we'll put coaches' knowledge to the test here, maybe a little bit. Uh, it's our Dr. Christopher Monick's high school game day. We're on the campus of Viger High School. Honk, if you drive by Air Sports 1, hanging out right by this uh, beautiful uh, beautiful stadium. Uh, coming up in hour number three, Robert Brazil will join us. We'll do our middle-like golf reports. And uh, Riley Leonard scheduled to join us as well by phone. It's the uh, sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. It's Friday. We're getting after it.
15: Hi, this is Monty Burke, author of Sabin, The Making of a Coach. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM.
5: Name. I treated like it wasn't
1: All right, welcome back in 7:48. Wrapping up our number two here of our Dr. Christopher Monex High School Game Day, and as you can tell, man, the Viger cheerleaders—they are a determined
2: group, aren't they? They are. They earned their keep They today. are. They, they are broke all after kinds here. of records yeah. here. Yep. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's uh, either they like us or they don't want to go to class. Uh,
1: I'm. Can it be both? It could be both. Oh, let's just say it it's both. both. <laughs> let's
2: just say it's both. All right, we got a lot packed into this. Uh, if, if, if I'm on the right rail track, we got name it first, Mark? Yes. All right. So
1: here, here's your shot, guys. Uh, Michael's going to play an audio clip. It's called Naming It. Get it? Because if you are the first person to acknowledge, get Bronner on the phone, 694-1055, and tell us what you hear in this clip. Person, place, or thing, you will be the latest to qualify for the Alec and tailgating party of of 20 or 18, me and Lee. All you have to do is acknowledge this clip, get to Broner first, let it rip, Michael. All right, we're going to take the answer off the air today because, not that we don't love you guys, but we got we got we got Viagra royalty uh, in, in the house,
2: and that it's the head coach uh, Marcus Cook who is. In his own way, he said I'll, I'll help you with your SEC games. I, I, I can help you out here, Marcus. What we do, uh, we go by the point spread at some SEC games, and I'm going to. Oh, you'll be our celebrity picker today. It will not come back to haunt you. We do not review this. We do not keep track. So on Monday, it's it's history. It doesn't in, in
1: fact, he's going to do a show here at noon, uh, and we'll probably have the same discussions, and we'll have completely different answers. Mostly because that way he can't be wrong,
2: and probably because he didn't remember what he said. Today. I think the second part is right. I can't remember what I said. All right, Marcus. We'll start with you. Vanderbilt at Wake Forest. Vandy is a ten-point underdog to Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons, and Vandy off to a 2 and 0
14: start. I think uh, Vandy plays a little better than expected. You like you take Vandy in the ten points? Yeah, I take it. I'm going
1: the other way. I think not only does Wake win, I think they cover. I don't think Vandy's defense is gonna be able to stop Wake Forest, especially on third downs. They're gonna have some problems with the deep ball. I like Wake Forest here by about 12.
2: I'm gonna take Wake Forest also. They're playing at home. They don't have Sam Hartman, but I think uh, offensively, they're gonna be a lot stronger I'm going to go with the uh, Demon Deacons. It does not bode well for me, by the way, Coach, that he has agreed with me. Just throwing All that right, out. then I'll switch. Uh, See, ball, I told you. Ball State at Georgia. Mike Dubos is future team, right, Georgia? They're only a 42-point favorite over Ball State. Tough game. I, I hate games like this to try to even predict. They'll be about
14: more than 42.
1: Yeah, they, Georgia started slow last week. I would not expect that to happen two weeks in a row. They named their score here.
2: Yeah, they'll have a easy win obviously that's on the SEC network by the way if you want to see George after their scintillating win over Tennessee Martin last week all right I'm not getting into the games against FCS teams so I'll go down Ooh, this is a good one Old Miss at Tulane and Tulane's a seven point underdog so old Miss favored by seven Marcus
14: Old Miss by 14
1: all right all right, I think Ole Miss wins, but I think this is a fight to the very end. I think this is going to be a track meet. I think both offenses are going to roll up a ton of yards and a ton of points. Uh, but I do think Ole Miss will be able to run the ball a lot better this week than they did last week. And, look, Tulane Tulane got a number of turnovers against
2: South. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I like Ole Miss in a close one, but uh, the Rebels win it. This is a 2:30 game on ESPN2. I'm going with Ole Miss. Got to figure the SEC's got a rebound from last week's disastrous week. All right, Texas A&M, another key game. The Aggies on the road against Miami, and the
14: Aggies are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you think, Marcus? I think they'll win by more than three-and-a-half points. I think they win by touchdown.
1: I like Miami here. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm partial to watching this whole Texas A&M thing crash and burn with Jimbo and and Petrino. But I think think A&M's offense is going to look sharp. They'll be efficient. But I think Miami's going to get enough stops. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where A&M looks like the better team. But I think Miami, I think they're going to win this game. I like Miami in a, in, a, in a little bit of an upset.
2: Uh, you're going to hate me for this, but I actually picked Miami. I did pick <sighs> Miami. killing me, Smalls. Yeah, I, I, I did. And you can verify that with uh, Michael because he has his picks that we do. So I did send that back. I've got Miami winning this game, this ABC game at 2.30. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, Nick Saban's alma mater, Kent, on the road against Arkansas. Marcus Cook, Arkansas, is a 38-point pick, a favorite to win this game.
14: Arkansas wins by more than thirty.
1: I agree. Uh, Arkansas, I think Arkansas is gonna get out there and try to make it a point to run the ball. They did not run the ball well last week. Uh, K.J. Jefferson only ran it, I think, four or five times. Uh, he was very efficient through the air, but
2: Arkansas names their score on this, and um, they'll, they'll bring it. Certainly agree with you. Middle Tennessee, hey, they're back, uh, <laughs> the Blue Raiders. This time they're at Missouri. Missouri's at 21-point pick. Marcus, how do you see this one go? Missouri about 28. All right. What's the point spread? 21. Mm, I'm doing the math in
1: my head. Uh, I think Missouri wins comfortably, but I don't think they cover this one. I think uh, Middle Tennessee will do just enough to keep this interesting. Um, Missouri is certainly the better team, but this will not be a blowout. I, I like Missouri, but not to cover.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to go with Middle Tennessee and take the points. All right. Arizona at Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Is a uh, nine and a half point
14: favorite. I think Mississippi State by 17.
1: This man just very, he, very, very specific. I yeah, like he doesn't uh, uh, hesitate I, at I, all. <laughs> I actually I think Mississippi State covers this. I think it's two great offenses, two veteran quarterbacks, uh, but I think the Mississippi State defense will be the difference. I think they'll. I think they'll be able to to get apply some
2: pressure. I'm not sure Arizona will be able to do the same. So I like Mississippi State to cover. I got the uh, Mississippi State winning. Also, do you call plays by the way, Marcus? Yes, sir. You're I'm pretty emphatic. Yeah. You don't hesitate, do you? No, it's sir. like it's okay. Uh, let's go to Auburn at California. Auburn's a six and a half point pick on the West Coast.
14: Marcus. Auburn covers. I think uh, offensively, Auburn's so much better this year, and I think you know it's going to make a big difference.
1: Uh, I think Auburn wins. I think this is a field goal game. I think uh, I think Auburn's offense will wind up having a little bit more firepower, and I think the defense will do just enough for them to win. But I think this is kind of a survival game. Like going out to the West Coast, there's already some bulletin board material out there. Uh, I think Cal's
2: going to bring a lot, but I think I think Auburn squeaks out a win here. Not sure about Auburn in this game. Uh, there's just too many uncertainties. California had a really huge win last week. They're at home. I'm going to take California in the points. Ooh. All right, Marcus, this is the one we save for you. All right, help us. Texas at Alabama. Alabama is a 7.5-point pick to beat the Longhorns. I'll be there. Are you going? I'll be there.
1: Uh, man, really? talk about burying yeah. the lead. You've yeah. been going for 30 on minutes, on and you're...
14: I'll be there. Um good secondary ce- celebrity picker. Bamba fourteen. Where, where are the seats you got? Where, where they got? You got you got the suite? I'll be there. You got them in the suite? i just know I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bamba fourteen. Any extra tickets? No, no okay. extra tickets. <laughs> um so you got Bamba by, by fourteen. I went
1: back and forth on this, um, but I think it might be more than that. I think After going through the X's and O's and secondaries and offensive line against defensive line all that, I think at the end of the day, I think Alabama's just tired of hearing about Texas being back. I think they're tired of hearing about how Texas should have won the game last year in Austin. I think they're just tired of hearing it all. And I think J.C. Latham and his comments at SEC Media Days about how they want to be more physical, I think this is their opportunity. This is their chance. And I think Nick Saban, as competitive as he is, you know, Bad things happen when Nick Saban's teams get underappreciated. I think they're going to come out and sustain some drives. I think you'll see a very cool, calm Jalen Milroe complete some passes. I like Alabama to get hit, but to get up, and
2: uh, retaliate. I think they're going to win big. I got Alabama also winning uh, more by 7.5. Are you impressed with his in-depth
1: analysis when we do our picks, by the way?
2: He's high. He's high. <laughs> well, there's no reason to do that, Mark. You, t- you do that, and then we run out of time. So I, I got to be quick. Well, hey, I mean, if me... the
1: idea was just to shoot out who's going to win, and we could knock this out in 10
2: well, seconds. That's how Marcus and I do it. We just fight. We don't hesitate. Let me ask you something do you uh, get a chance to go to many college games what with your schedule here at Viger because a lot of coaches you
14: know after a Friday night game but um, I'll probably make maybe four four a season it just depends You'd be exhausted you know after the yeah. game it's just uh, the game at uh in Tuscaloosa is at six yes so you know it gives you a little time to get there but you um, when those games are early in the morning, it's hard to get But But do you actually come home after the
2: game, or you stay overnight? No, I'll come home. All right, because I remember the first time I ever went to a game, and I stupidly came home in a rainstorm. That's something I would never do again. Man,
1: the man only sleeps four hours a night.
2: You know he's not staying over. You got a little Sunday meeting. How about the Nebraska? <laughs> Sunday meeting 2.30. The game we're carrying on WNSP, obviously, if Dion wasn't at Colorado, we probably wouldn't have paid much attention to but color that's an it's eleven AM game. Uh do you think Colorado's for real now? Hosting Nebraska? I, I think
14: the spread's about three points in favor of Colorado and You know I'm a Jackson State alum. Um Yeah. You know I've met uh Coach Sun Coach Prime and you know we've talked a couple times I think um Colorado by a lot. Were you disappointed he left? No. And I mean in the coaching profession, you know you gotta elevate. I mean, that's just part of. It. When we have Robert Brazil on, he is a Jackson State alum, also. That's my guy. Yeah, we're alum two ways.
1: Coach, can't thank you enough, man. We really do appreciate you coming on and, and having us out here. We wish you the best of luck tonight. It's gonna to be a good one.
14: Appreciate you guys for coming to my school.
1: Absolutely. All right. So, uh, for a final time, take a listen to the Viger cheerleaders here as we wrap up hour number two. It's our Dr. Christopher Monex High School game day.
16: We'll
1: Coming up, Robert Brazil, like golf report, and Riley Leonard. Why, last fight?
5: Green, green, white, white, will last fight? Green, white, will last fight? Green, green, white, fight, will last fight? Green, green, white, white, will last fight? Green, green, white, won't last fight? Green, green, white, last fight? Green, green, white, will last fight? Green. Game!
0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports news, traffic, weather and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian and Michael Bronner. The, the opening kickoff. Here are
1: Mark Lee and Michael. All right. Welcome back in hour number three on this Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Monex. high school game day. We're here at Vigar High School. We want to thank all the fine folks for having us out, Lee. It's It's been a great time.
2: Oh, well, we got quite an hour coming up. Riley Leonard scheduled to join us at 8.30. We're going to talk with Pro Football Hall of Famer Robert Brazil in just a minute. Some headlines. Detroit Lions open up the NFL season with a one-point win over Kansas City, 21-20. High school Uh, Football last night, Bayside Academy goes to 3-0 with an overtime win over St. Michael's. They were down 21-7, rallied to win an overtime 27-21. And Joe Burrow has signed a five-year contract extension that makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history. Well, if Marcus Cook is going to Alabama, he can't participate in that great thing we got going tomorrow night. We
1: all have decisions to make. So if you're not going to the – if your name isn't Marcus Cook and you're not going to the Alabama game, you guys need to get out to the Outsider, downtown Mobile. That's where the ultimate WNSP Alabama watch party is taking place. You'll have an opportunity, man. You're going to get a free WNSP T-shirt just for walking in. But then you can enter to win – an Alabama football jersey courtesy of The Vault. So come on by. Some WNSP personalities be out there. Watch the Alabama-Texas game at the outside. There will be 22 TVs all dialed in, beer specials, food specials. There's going to be music during commercials. There's going to be a post-game party. It's everything you're going to want and more on a college football Saturday. So make sure you hit the Outsider, downtown Mobile, for the Alabama watch party. All
2: right, a couple of weeks ago we had that fall party at Heroes. It was really well-attended. and robert brazil uh pro football hall of famer uh great linebacker at uh, Viger, jackson state and of course the houston oilers he was in attendance and i asked robert i said robert we're going to be at Viger this year and we can't do a show without having you on he's on the line with us right now robert good morning how are you today
7: good morning guys uh, it's such a beautiful morning i haven't been able to do what i'm doing this morning i got about Two miles left in my nine miles on my bicycle. And, and it feels so good to be out here riding and enjoying and getting ready for that biker game tonight against Kitschner. I can't do it but wish them all good luck. Uh, Marcus Cook is doing, Coach Cook is doing such a wonderful job. I like what he's doing with the kids on and off the field. Me and him talking, I, I try to mentor this guy because I see a whole lot of great potential. He just can, he can fall into that group with the great P. Ryan and the Clark and the manette and all those guys that's been through visor so i want to say again thank him and good luck to him tonight
2: well you know what he's listening he's got his headset on he heard every word you said
14: <laughs> oh no! good morning mark <laughs> precedes the coach precedes you so you, you are you, I love you state, mark.
2: did you did you say you're still riding the bicycle now you're, you're 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 on the bicycle talking to us i hope you have your helmet on
7: um, well, I have the type of bi-sticker that nothing but a, a, a Hall of Famer could ride. I have a tripe. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like a big tri- sticker, but I can get up to about seven miles per hour, and I can try to get that that uh, speed up and stay safe and, without a helmet. I got a hard head. I don't need a helmet. <laughs>
2: Robert, let me ask you something. I've never talked to you about your days at Viger. Of course, I, I used to watch you play for the Houston Oilers, and that's where you got that nickname, Dr. Doom. But when you were at Viger High, were you Dr. Doom then? Were you the ferocious linebacker that eventually went on to the Hall of Fame?
7: You know, the Dr. Doom part came when I, when I was at Jackson State and playing in the college All-Star, All-Star game. That part. When I was at Viger, I was just trying to be Robinson Hill, Jr and trying to make a name for myself uh, it was a very ex- rewarding experience for me because of what i had to go through and i walked through my first day in walk as you won't believe this it was on the sideplex to walk through the door with me and i was one of those five and i had to persevere through a lot of things that was thrown at me but it made me a man it made me a better student it made me a better person so those days On the field and out the field was rewarded for me because I had to grow up to be a young man.
2: You told me you were out at the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, just recently. What was going on?
7: We had the Black College Classic there between Virginia Union and Morehouse. I saw some good football. I wanted to be here uh, for the Viagra BC Rain Game. I told Marcus I want to be at every game that I can attend if I was in town. And I will be, but that was a great, rewarding weekend. I saw two great teams match up. I at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we inducted some more guys to the Black College Hall of Fame.
2: Robert, I got to be honest with you. I've I've come out this my first time at Viger High, but I really I sense a real source of pride among the the Viger community, the alums, and things like that. and of course, listening to you, the same thing. And 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 I'm sure there's a lot of people who went to high schools that feel the same thing. But I, I don't know what it is. It's just maybe it's the state championships, the success of this football program, the school. What what, what is it that you know you, you 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 never forget your roots at Viger?
7: Well, when you when I got there, the first thing I learned was the alma mater. That Albemarle and Viger means so much to me and to everybody that went through Viger. If we live by that, not just at Viger, along the world, our the strong band should never be broken. The spirit there is so, so when I hear it, I get tear bars because of what it done to me and what it taught me the four years. And Coach Cook is doing the same thing with these kids. He's doing the very same thing. Getting them to, to love their Albemarle and themselves and that pride will come through there if you believe in it. And I think that's one of the greatest things whoever came up with it could do for Vice was to create their alma model.
2: Hey, let me ask you something. Have you become a Colorado Buffalo fan by chance?
7: And I'm still a Jackson State fan, sir. I'm a fan of Deion Sanders. And I want to thank him always for what he's done for my, uh, my, my college, my university. But I'm a Deion Sanders fan. I believe in this guy. I believe what he church and what he believes in. He's making history, this guy and his kids, and his believes in his hard work that he put in with his social staff. But I, I pulled for Dion. I mean, you know, I, I was one of the one that probably uh, would say, if Dion touched me, I'm going in the game, and I'm going to make something happen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so in a couple of weeks, and you and I talked about this a while back, the colors of the old Houston Oilers are going to be reinvented by the Tennessee Titans. I, I, You can fill me in. When is that game going to be played? The old Houston Oilers colors, the, the, the teal blue, are you going to be at
7: that game? Yes, sir. Every time they put on that raw blue. Uh, Amy Adams-Grutch, which is the owner of the Tennessee Titans, one of the, the controlling owners, I saw her grow up, I call her, I mean, she's not, she's the owner, but I call her my big sister. She called me her big brother. She has created homecoming weekend for us. That's when the Titans play the Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons. And it's going to be, I think, over 100 or some more guys coming back. And it's going to be one hell of a weekend. All we got to do now is, I'm wearing number 52. I don't know who else on the Titans, but I have my own gold jersey on with number 52 Robert Zill on in the stand with my gold jacket. I'm very proud of that and I want to thank her and the people for recognizing us. We went for years Lee, without being recognized and, and the, I didn't have a homecoming up to three years ago. So this is very special to me and very heartwarming to me for her to do that for me. Not only it's, me, but the rest of the Houston Oilers that's still living.
2: It's always been my belief that had the Houston Oilers not left Houston that you would have been in the Hall of Fame a lot sooner. I think people just forgot that that team and the players as great as you were that you got lost in the shuffle.
7: Well, I I understand and I believe that also but you got to understand I'm in now and I got to be grateful for it. I know there's still a a lot of great ball players are still not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that need to be there. But there's a time and a place, and this is elite club. It's life changing to be a member of the 372 uh, players that are already in there. It, it is such an honor, you know. Um, anything I could do for anybody with their gold jacket, I'd, be, I'd love to do it. But to be a monster, the greatest of the greatest, that validation, that's what I mean. That's the key word to it. It validates all the hard work that you put in football all your life.
1: Robert, as always, it's our pleasure to have you on, man. We really appreciate you coming aboard. It's a special day here uh, at Viger and, and for us here at WNSP to have the privilege to be out here and broadcasting here. It's such a great time uh, to be out here. So thank you so much for the time. We always appreciate it, and we look forward to doing it again soon.
7: And hey man, thank you all for doing it. And, Marcus, i see you this evening, baby. Good luck.
14: Appreciate you, Coach. Appreciate you for the Gatorade mm-hmm. yesterday, too.
7: <laughs> you know, that's just me trying to cool you down, brother. <laughs> yes, sir.
1: All right, so let's do this. We're right. so we gonna, you, you're gonna do one of your little scoreboard actions there. Yes. All right, scoreboard, uh, traffic and weather. Want to thank the fine folks at Coastal Alabama Community College and the Coyotes Athletic Department uh, for coming aboard as a game day sponsor as well. We'll do our Millite Golf Report, and uh, Riley Leonard. Yes, he does his homework. We'll get the latest on the extension. And what exactly was that paper about? We'll hit only the hard-hitting questions here on WNSP. It's a Friday edition. We're out at Viger uh, High School. It's our Dr. Christopher Monick's high school game day right here on the sports station. WNSP and WNSP.com.
3: Hi, my name is Sherman Williams, former running back for the University of Alabama and the Dallas Cowboys, and I wake up each morning listening to WMSP 105.5.
1: back in the Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. Mark and Leon Air Sports 1 from Viger High School. Uh, we'll take your calls a little bit later in the show. Uh, I believe it's time. I think we have Mr. Uh, John Ricchetti for the Millie Golf Report.
2: John Ricchetti front and center. Uh, Johnny will be good with his golf report. Mr. Ricchetti, good morning. How are you today?
3: Good, guys. Good. Yeah, it's uh, a little quiet in the world of golf, actually, as, uh, you know, PJ Tour will be back in action next week in California, Justin Thomas will be making his start there at the Fort Nate Cup Championship in Napa, California next week as uh, you know, he gets as he primes up for the Ryder Cup here in a couple of weeks. But uh, the Irish Open going on uh, right now. Rory McIlroy there, he's at three under par, getting ready to tee off in round two. India's Sherma has the lead at seven under par. Uh, in the irish open a lot of obviously european players that are going to be on the Ryder cup in that event too all part of the tdp world Two the world tour excuse me another note uh was reported earlier this week that tiger woods was spotted on the golf course uh walking watching his son charlie play golf this past weekend down in south florida so I guess that's going to be some good signs maybe we, that we might come 2024 that we might see Tiger Woods back on the links as he was spotted walking on his own uh, watching his son Charlie play golf. That's pretty much really all in the world of golf. I know the uh, we want to wish best of luck to all our local uh, boys, uh, young ladies and men that are playing collegiate golf throughout the state of Alabama as uh, men's and women's golf gets ready to kick off throughout the state and so first, we want to wish all our local players that are playing co- collegiate golf the best of luck in their upcoming seasons uh, this year. So other than that, I hope we have a great weekend. Weather looks good, get the chance to get out there and play some golf, and uh, we'll talk to everybody on Monday.
2: Appreciate it, Johnny. You have a wonderful weekend. And as you said, you'll be back with us on Monday. Big thank you to our participating sponsors for our high school game day, Greer's Markets, uh, Rich's Car Wash. And they've got a, a little deal going there with South Alabama. Check their website, LNS Air Conditioning, Ward International Trucks, the Mobile County Sheriff's Department, QB Country, uh, David Morris, who has trained Riley Leonard, our next scheduled guest, orthopedic group, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, and all-state agent, Kenneth Morgan.
1: So we spent a lot of time earlier today but we need to revisit this Monday, uh, this uh, Thursday night game last night because Kadarius Toney just taking a lot of heat. It was just a rough game for him and the receivers for Kansas City. But you know the one guy we haven't really talked about was Jawan Taylor, the Chiefs tackle who everybody kept saying, even the broadcast kept talking about how he was literally lined up illegally like the whole game. And at some point, even Collinsworth I think even said, at some point Man, someone needs to let the officials know they're completely missing this whole thing. It was the most bizarre. Look, if you can get away with it, more power to you. But, I mean, it, he 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 looked like he could have been an extra running back at some points. He was so far off the line. It was it was just it was crazy to watch.
2: You you think there would be a coach that could spot that though? I mean, with all the coaches, uh, analysts on the staff. That somebody would pick up on that? Yeah,
1: a defensive lineman, a defense, defense coordinator, in Detroit. Somebody got to say, ref, dude, dude is like eight feet behind the line of scrimmage. Like, what are we doing here? But they, man, it was it was nuts. It was crazy. But uh, it was it was a competitive game. I, I thought it was a great game. Uh, Kansas City. Both both teams made a lot of mistakes, but I was very impressed with Detroit. I was impressed with the way they handled both lines of scrimmages. Um, but yeah, just. Mahomes See, put the ball where it needed to be more times than not, yeah. and they those receivers just didn't
2: See, make it. See, I plays. thought the game, I, I kind of like, I'm not disagreeing, but I thought it was well played. I mean, there, I, I don't think there was a penalty until late in the first half. See, that's when I look at a first game, you know, because a lot of these guys haven't played in the preseason. But I was very impressed with the fact there were very few flags thrown. In and, and the first half, I think there was only one. I don't know when the second half. because
1: they weren't calling a uh – penalties oh, penalties okay. on offensive linemen
2: and then you had very few turnovers yes there was a the 50 yarder which bounced off uh Kaderis, tony's hands into the arms of brian branch there was a you know a couple of other uh but not a lot not a lot of turnovers so i actually felt for an opening game it went very well when you get a 21 20 game like that and you get a team that was an underdog that wins the game i thought it went really well
1: well i'm one well you know, I, I point to those fourth down conversions where I thought both teams kind of mismanaged the whole thing. So Detroit has fourth and two; they're up. You don't necessarily want to give them the ball, but you don't milk the clock as close to the two minute warning as possible. You don't call a timeout or whatever. You just give it to them. And of course, they didn't get the they didn't get the first right. That's the one that got batted down. And Jared Goff had nothing but green on his left. He could have run for the first, and at that point probably could have sealed the game. Instead, they punt. I mean, they, 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 they turn over and down to so Kansas City. Kansas City's got 4th and 20 with all their timeouts, and they elect to go for it. And what do they do? They jump off, or they foul start. So now they're forced to go 4th and 25, and they've got all their timeouts and a two-minute warning, and they decide to go for it, and it's another drop. So you wonder if Kansas City would have punted with their timeouts and a two-minute warning had they gotten another shot at it. In hindsight, I mean, Detroit was running the ball really well there at the end of the game, so it may not have mattered, but I thought there were some missed coaching opportunities on both sides.
2: Well, when, you know, we say we pick teams to make it to the Super Bowl. You can see how how important how having players out with injuries impact a team without Kelsey and without Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs. All
1: right, uh, Riley Andrews is next. Stay with us.
3: He's able to break a tackle. They the first down and more. Leonard inside the 20. Stiff arms the defender inside the five and into the end zone. It's
5: a touchdown. What a play by Riley Leonard.
1: 832. Welcome back in to Dr. Christopher Monarch's High School Game Day. That's right. We're out here at Viger High School, Mark Hom, Lee Schravanian, and Air Sports One. We appreciate you making us part of your morning
2: so pleased now to be joined by duke quarterback and fairhope native riley leonard and i really appreciate riley getting back to me i sent him a congratulatory note probably like about 700 other people did after uh, duke's win over clemson riley good morning how are you now how you doing hey i'm doing great
12: thank you for having me
2: again are you the big man on campus now
12: Uh, i wouldn't say any of that uh there's definitely a different vibe in the air around here but uh you know, we're still working on some things around here.
2: So what is the bigger story, your 44-yard run, which we've just heard, or your relationship with Professor Taylor?
12: The, 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 the teacher and the homework. I mean, I've gotten more questions about that. I, I had no idea that I was going to blow up. That was a little small interview I did on the side after the game, and uh, it just took off. Uh, well, s- <laughs> set was, the record for
1: us. Set the record straight for us. Was there indeed a homework assignment that was due? Was it already done? Did you get an extension? Uh,
12: there was a homework assignment that was due, and, uh, you know, we worked it out. That's, uh, that's all I'm going to say. He, uh, okay. he, he's a great guy, and I feel bad because a lot of people didn't really understand his sarcasm and his response. But, uh, you know, we figured things out.
2: Well, you took a backseat to a lineman, he said. He, the lineman got his assignment in, right? Uh, no comment on that. Uh, <laughs>
1: But, uh, so I, when you, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, he, he turned, it, you he turned it in. You know, it's funny, Riley. You, you were poised under pressure in that pocket. You have 300 pound defensive lineman coming after you. We ask you simply about some homework assignments, and you get all flustered, man. Yeah, it, it's shaking me up, man. I, I've had to <laughs> respond to this question for days, and I still don't know
12: how to.
2: Well, for the educators listening, what was the paper about?
12: It was just about like public policy. Um, that's what I'm majoring in, so that, it's a football class, and uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting.
2: When you walked into Professor Taylor, I forgot his first name, and apologize. His class, did he, did they clap, or did he say anything when you walked to your, your seat or bench or whatever you have there?
12: <laughs> yeah, we laughed about it. There's a lot of football guys in the class, so he congratulated all of us, and uh, he's a huge Duke football fan. That's that's mainly why. I you know, used him in my interview. But, uh, yeah, like I said, great guy, and he congratulated us.
1: He's Riley Leonard. He joins us here on uh, WNSP. All right, so you mentioned, Lee mentioned he was probably one of 700 messages on your phone. How many messages do you think you had uh, after that game on your in your inbox?
12: Um, across all platforms, I'd say it was probably around 700-ish. It was a lot, but... Yeah, um, I, I, I haven't even logged into social media, really. Uh, so I just responded <laughs> like personal text
2: messages and things like that. You know, Riley, everybody looks for the perfect game, but in retrospect, could things have gone any better than they did Monday night?
12: Um, to be honest, I, I, if you rewatch the game, I don't even know if we played too great. Uh, offensively, we we really didn't execute that well in the passing game. And, uh, you know, we great, we gave up two turnovers. Um, in pretty critical situations so I, I really think that it could have gone a lot better to be honest with you
1: all right uh so I got a bunch of questions I'll try to get through them all uh what was it like uh, the camera caught you after the game like literally got, people were trying to take selfies with you as you're trying to get off the field how how cool was that maybe a little intimidating there's really no place to go there's just so much going on when those kids got on the field what, what was kind of going through your mind
12: Well, my mind was shaking because everybody was slapping me upside the head. (laughs) Uh, But, but no, it was crazy because Duke, I don't even know when the last time we had, you know, a field rush like that. So it was really cool for everybody to run out there. I mean, my little league coach, uh, Chris, my my coach from maybe when I was 6 to, like, 12 was the first one on the field running out there. So it was just such a cool experience for me and my teammates. Um, and, and something that we're never going to forget for a long, long time. Did,
1: but did you? could you sense it? I mean, you guys, I mean, you're there on the field before the game's over, and those kids were coming over the wall and were literally on the uh, in on the back of the end zone. Like, they were just waiting. I'm assuming you and your teammates saw them. You knew what was going to happen, right?
12: Oh, yeah, we knew what was going to happen. We were ready. I, I mean, to be honest, all I could think about was, like, my freshman year and, and having, like, 17 people up in the stands yeah. and losing by, you know, 40, 50 every game, you know, to, to that, to where we are now, it's just, you know, kind of surreal and it, you know, you have a greater appreciation for winning because, you know, they really are hard to come by.
2: Riley Leonard, our special guest, so in this week it's Lafayette, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, and Lafayette's they're an FCF school. I can imagine that Coach Elko coming off this huge win on Monday, less time to get you guys down to earth for a school that's obviously not in the same league as the uh, Atlanta Coast Conference. What's practice been like this? How has he tried to keep your team grounded?
12: He snapped us uh, back into place real, real quick. He he didn't play around from the very first meeting we had since we got back. He was not going to let us become complacent. I mean, the celebration was over. We didn't have time to really celebrate or anything like that. Um, you know, he's always going to be our biggest critic, and I think that's what helps us, you know, keep a chip on our shoulder. Um, so, we, you know, we practiced really hard this week, watched a lot of film, and, uh, you know, Clemson's, you know, a long-lost story at this point.
1: Yeah, but part of you, come on, admit, part of you be like, Coach, you had to have seen my 44-yard run, though, right? Well, that's how I walked in the building,
12: but then after the first meeting, I left. Like, yeah, he doesn't care.
1: <laughs> so, so take us through that, though. Take us through that, that moment. I mean, there were people talking on the broadcast about it being your Heisman moment, which is a pretty huge statement, I know. But walk us through that play, and, and at what point did you know, man, I, I could go all the way on this one?
12: Yeah, Coach told me uh, before the drive he was going to put the game in my hands. So, you know, we, you know, I think it was like third and three, third and short. And uh, it was a design QB run. So we had a little counteraction. And we scored on that play a lot last year. Uh, so we ran it. Um, you know, their Will linebacker is a great player. Ended up just, I think I just ended up flipping out of the tackle and then found myself on my feet. And really, I, I don't remember too much. I don't really think about it. But uh, I do remember Jordan Moore making a big-time block down the field. And if he hadn't done that, then I surely would have been tackled. So, you know, hats off to him. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, have a rest of history just random until I got tackled. That's kind of what I've been
2: doing for a long time. You know I'm not trying to take anything away. I just so excited for you and, and the Duke team and what you did. But I agree with you. This wasn't your best game. I've seen you I've seen you in action before. You've had a lot better passing games. And was that more because of your receivers maybe not being on the same page or was it the Clemson defensive backs or just what?
12: Uh I think I just take what the defense gives me. I don't think that we are in the situation ever that we needed to just swing the ball down the field the whole game. In um, the second half, we scored on the opening drive. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting up a couple scores after that. So there wasn't any need to throw the ball around and, and create incomplete passes. We wanted to, you know, just run the clock out. And uh, that's kind of what we did the whole fourth quarter. We ended up executing that, you know, really well. Um, so... I mean, it was just one of those games, yeah, I and mean, we won, so it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. I just play, whatever, however I need to to win the football game. and, You know, obviously it worked out the way it did on Monday, where I didn't have to throw that much.
1: He's Riley Leonard, the quarterback at Duke uh, Fairhope native. You can follow him on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it at Riley Leonard thirteen underscore. Uh, obviously, we got to tip our hats to, to your defense, Riley. I don't know you probably couldn't see from where you were sitting, but where we were watching. Dabo looked absolutely miserable. Like y'all just kept running over his dog, man. He, he, he was he. he there was there was just misery written all over his face all game.
12: <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I, I really think <laughs> Dabo's a great guy, so it was really cool to play against him. And uh, you know, obviously, they, I think they had zero transfers on their team, so you got to give him some respect. He's a man of his word. Um, it was just really cool to play against him. You know, obviously, they're a team that's been in the national championship. You know, I don't even know how many times and, and won multiple of them, so, uh, yeah, like I said, it's great to shake his hand after the game.
2: You know, I think we ought to go on record as we started. We talked about the academic issue with you and, that, and the fun and, you know, the professor, but in reality, you know, Duke is known for academics, and Riley, my understanding is you're a very, very good student, so even though you were having fun with this, I think that was kind of overlooked that you're doing pretty well.
12: Yeah, i I'd say I really do try uh, very hard in school, and I, I have a good GPA. So um, it's just funny to see um, a lot of people kind of see me as the guy that turns into work late because I'm not sure I've done that since I've been a dude.
2: As you mentioned, you may have had about 700 congratulatory or Texas. With mine being at the top, who else were ones that really stuck out?
12: Um, I mean, it's always great to get a text from Daniel. Uh, Jones, that's of the game. He's a he's a huge supporter of this program, honestly, and a, and a huge mentor of mine. So, you know, that was really cool. And then, uh, I, I don't know, I'd say the Mannings. I was able to go to the Manning Passing Academy. So for them to reach out, obviously, people of their caliber, you know, it makes you, you know, appreciate where you're at a little bit.
1: So, Cervanian, Jones, Manning, and Manning in that order. That's that's pretty. That's pretty was, impressive company for the Mannings to be in. in that exact I was just. Order, that's right.
2: Yep. I was just curious. Did did uh, Coach Shushetsky, did he send anything to you? I was just curious about that.
12: Oh, No, that's a good question. I, he hasn't, but uh, yeah, that'd be really cool.
1: He he probably hit you up
2: on Snap. You just
1: haven't you haven't logged in yet. You haven't you haven't checked I'm the. Uh, sure.
12: Coach K does
2: not have a Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> so right, that student body, we had Tom Lugenbill on earlier this week because he almost got stampeded to death. But is that group, is is that like the Cameron crazies that go to the Duke basketball game, the, the fans that filtered onto the field like that? Yeah, we're
12: a pretty small student body. So everybody you see at the basketball games are the same ones that go to the football game, you know, the soccer games, the lacrosse games. We have a pretty tight knit community, and everybody kind of travels, you know, game to game. So it's, it's pretty cool what we got going over
1: here. All right, Riley, you know this happens every time we talk. Every time you blow up on social media or there's a game on TV, there's always that segment of the population that had no idea that you played basketball. And so, again, as soon as you make your play, your 44 yard run, in real time, people are posting all these basketball highlights from Fairhope, and people are absolutely dumbfounded by the fact that you could ball, but we have somebody in the app, somebody called in and specifically wanted to ask us to ask you about a game that they will never forget. You were at Baker around 2019, and a bunch of them were chirping at you. Do you remember this game? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't remember, but (laughs) – uh, and uh, you basically—they were chirping. You you drained a three, and you, apparently you just, according to reports, I can't confirm this, just stared them down after.
12: Oh God, I don't think that's something I would do. But uh, if I did it, that's pretty funny.
1: Are you surprised? Are you still surprised this day that the whole basketball thing is such a a, a sidebar, like such a huge part of your story?
12: Yeah, I am. I, I to me, it's like. I haven't touched the basketball in a long time, and I just kind of forget about it. But I, a lot of people back home see me as the basketball player who plays football now. So I think that's just pretty funny because everybody up here in Durham, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that. That's kind of what I was known for back home.
1: Yeah, well, the people down here are right. I mean, I'm one of them. I I, I think you're the, I think, you're the best basketball player to ever play football ever. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really I, I still though and I, I when I sent that message I was curious and obviously we found out you know that it doesn't work out but you would think on a Monday night game like that knowing that how long it takes to unwind that they would give you a free pass that you wouldn't have to go to class the next day but I guess it's Duke and that's the way it goes
12: yeah we didn't really ask for one because uh, we kind of knew the standard and uh, you know that's not really going to change because you win a game uh, and I think that's good for us because it keeps us humble. So everybody showed up at class, um, you know, with, with no questions asked.
2: So when Duke's basketball team used to win championships, let's say, on a Monday night, they'd have to be at class the next Tuesday, even if they were playing somewhere in Indianapolis <laughs> sure or the about, West Coast. I'm not Coast. sure about
12: the basketball boys, but us football guys are going to be at class. So I, I don't know any of that.
2: All right, Riley, uh, before we let you go,
1: I, I guess you'll have to put your coach speak back on now. All right, so during the broadcast, a lot of talk about Mel Kuyper's big board, third-rated. He's got you as a third-rated quarterback in your class, 20th best on, on the board. I, I know we got a lot of football this season left to play, but what are your thoughts about the next level, and and, and do we do we complete our college eligibility? What's the plan here as of right now?
12: Uh, there isn't one, and I don't really pay any attention to that. To be honest, I don't really like seeing any of that um, yeah. or reading any of it. So, you know, I, I've I've heard that I was on that list, but I haven't even like looked at the list myself because I don't want to. I think that's really bad for somebody to look at. You know, in the situation I am because I got a lot of football games left to play and a, a lot of you know things that I have to prove in order to get there. So, uh, I don't really have any comments on that. At all?
1: Well, you know, I'm am patiently waiting for EA Sports to come out with their new college game, and if you're out of, I mean, if if they're not going to get on it, then we might just have to skip that and go straight to Madden, and, and get you on that one.
12: So that that would be pretty cool to be on uh, NCAA because that game was so fun growing up. Um, yeah. I, I I saw they're going to pay players to be on it, but my thing is like, dude, I'll pay you guys. To have me yeah. on the game. I'll pay them 500 bucks to be on the game, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah,
1: Absolutely. Uh, that'd, that'd be pretty cool. All right, well, hey, we appreciate you coming aboard with us, man. Uh, congrats on all the success. I, I know uh, you guys are going to uh, continue to work and grind, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I know you got a lot of supporters down here in the Mobile area in Fairhope and Baldwin County as well, so keep being you, and uh, we look forward to doing it again soon. Sounds
12: good. I appreciate you
1: guys. Yep. Riley Leonard, ladies and gentlemen, I think we covered it all. I'm, I'm thinking, reading between the lines there. I'm thinking, if he got an extension, and I'm not saying he did because I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking they all did. And if he's, if the, see, here's the problem. If the professor's such a big football fan, dude, check the calendar. Don't be having a paper due that the midnight, at the same night of the game. That's just poor planning on the professor's football work. That's just bad public policy. If you want, if you want to know the truth, that should have been what Riley's paper was about. All right, one final segment, closing ceremonies. We'll set the table for the rest of the day. Lee is not done for the day. Oh no, he's just getting warmed up. It's our Dr. Chris Formanek's high school game day. We're here at Viger High School. Stay with us.
10: Hi, I'm former Major League Baseball player, Bernie Carbo. I listen to WNSP 105.5. Love every minute of it.
1: of the day and i know you guys have been itching to hear from mr brauner on the big game i know he's been itching to share his thoughts we'll get to that here in just a second but i do want to mention lee you're not done today uh you will be back on the air at noon
2: yeah we got a show called friday football preview we'll be out at uh, dean white associates that's at university and airport And I do have some South Alabama tickets. If you would like some uh, to come by, I will give them to you. Plus, when we're at Baumhauer's next Monday, I will have tickets for the Jags' next home game against Central Michigan.
1: Right. So on Monday, we're on the road again. We're out at Baumhauer's Victory Grill at the Shops of Bel Air. So come on by and see us. The doors generally open around 7. But it's always great to see you guys pop in there. Uh, And so that's where our Monday morning quarterback will take us uh, next week. A reminder about the Alabama game, if you're not going, we encourage you to come check out the WNSP Alabama watch party at the Outsider, downtown Mobile. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, You'll get yourself a free WNSP t-shirt, they're actually really cool, they're good looking too, Uh, while supplies last, and enter for a chance to win an Alabama football jersey courtesy of the vault but come on by and see us at the Outsider, 22 TVs, beer specials, food, there's going to be music during commercials, they're going to have a post game party it's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you check it out again, it's the Outsider, downtown Mobile, the WNSP Ultimate Alabama watch party. Now, Mr. Bronner, we've already given our picks, sir how do you see uh, oh, Alabama-Texas getting after Because you were kind of going back and forth earlier this hmm. week. What say you?
15: Well, hey, guys. I miss you. How, how are things over there? They're going
1: well. You tell us, man. We're having a great time over here. You tell us how we're going We didn't even know you weren't here, man.
15: Oh, well, that's nice to hear. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, I flip-flop back and forth on this. I'll go. I'll. I'll go with the final prediction. Bama covers the spread and wins by about two touchdowns. Uh, They are the better team, and it is at home. Nick Saban's lost eight times in Bryant Denny Stadium in his career at Alabama. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get it done.
2: I I do like the score your score was what i think yesterday 31 17 you sticking with that
15: yeah sure why not I, I how about the uh how about the defense steps up and, and limits the texas offense i like to call this a uh high ceiling low floor kind of weekend with the nfl kicking off as well because like you know there's the potential for both an alabama and the patriots loss this weekend which makes for a, a rough monday morning for me uh but it's also you know there's also a high ceiling there i could be on cloud nine all week uh so you know but low 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 floor i think as well.
2: you have a much better chance with alabama winning than the patriots beating the eagles oh uh, the patriots patriots, that, patriots
15: are well yes but the patriots are going to beat the eagles on sunday so uh, mark my words on that one uh but i would say i have a better chance of both losing than both winning
2: so ooh, pessimistic yeah well, really? you
15: know, I'd be happy to be proven wrong on that one.
2: By the way, good luck on your game tonight. Thank uh, Michael you. will be on the broadcast, St. Paul, Sarah Land, Greer's Game of the Week. Our broadcast for Alabama football tomorrow, 3 o'clock, on WZEW, three-hour uh, pregame show. And, I'm M- Mark, I'm kind of looking forward to watching. I have hardly ever watched game day because I've always been working and with Namath there and... The uh, tribute they have to Eli Gold, kind of looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, it, I mean they do as good a job as anybody. So yeah, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the game is going to be uh, outstanding. I can't wait to watch Auburn and Cal. Uh, I think that was going to be up and down the field. I think Auburn's going to get one there, uh, and then the Ole Miss Tulane game away from. Uh, kind of our local teams I think that's the one that's really going to have a chance to really show some fireworks that's going to be two offenses it's going to be a track meet it's going to be a lot of fun
2: I think it's pretty obvious what we're going to be doing Monday recapping Alabama Auburn Saints Jags I have gotten a text that Tyler Watts is going to be on our show on Monday how about that all right and Kane Womack is also scheduled to join us maybe
1: Kane just come
2: on stop on by
15: would you guys like a quick uh, update on the standings for staff picks because we got two of the three people on this morning show sitting at one and four. If you if you're curious,
1: uh, on I think I know how people. this is going. But go ahead if you if you'd like to share that information. Well, you being a team player and all.
15: <laughs> Mark Hyman, Lee Servanis sit at one and four. Nick Wiggins sits at one and four. Corey Labouni sits at two and three. Michael Bronner sits at three and two after one week. What is this for now? Those uh, picks
2: that he has us
1: randomly doing. i
2: You mean hurt. those dumb picks we do without the point spread that. Anybody, nobody cares Don't, about.
1: If you're we compl- you can't be telling people that it's not against the point spread. Not against the points.
15: Not against the point spread, and you still went one and four last week. All right, all
2: right. You just can, give him this. No, no. You can beg all you want now, Michael. After that, but you will not be getting any more picks from me. Woo-wee. I'll tell you right it now. It just got
1: real. Yep. Oh snap! I'm gonna make up your picks then. Well, it couldn't be any worse than what the record holds now. You're True. one and four. <laughs> All right, that does it for another week. Want to thank all the fine folks out here at a Viger. It's been a lot of fun. Next week, the Dr. Chris Vermonix High School game day takes us to Spanish Fort. That does it for Bronner back at the studios. Triple G in the bus. Lee Trevani and I'm Markham. Until Monday at six. See ya.